Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead. And I am Nathan from Nathan Does Beer. Welcome to episode 151 of Beer Nothers, the podcast adjunct series. Nathaniel, we are staying in the Kingston area back to back. Yes, we are. Back and, to back. And uh, it's been two long years since we have chatted with this phenomenal brewery uh, who have been rocking Kingston for a bunch of years right now. Um, once again, not what we wanted. We need to do it more often, but we'll make sure we will. And uh, I think a lot has changed out there. You were there early this summer. I was there like about two years ago, just uh, just over, just under, sorry. So um, I'm excited to see what's been cracking, man. This is going to be a yeah, fun me one. Too. I have a feeling it's mm-hmm. going to be a, a wild one with these fellas. So yep. uh, folks, please welcome Adam and Rich of Daft. Brought the crowd for you boys. Welcome, Welcome. fellas. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to see you guys again. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's you been too. a hot minute, but um, I know a lot has been going on with you guys. Uh, people will notice immediately, even just the packaging has changed. So I'm excited to get the full lowdown on what's been what's been happening. So uh, first things first, shall we crack a brewski? Yeah, let's do it. So we just crack a beer. Let's do it. Now Sorry. this is. A relative, so it's not that new as far as like it's just new packaging. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. When did it drop originally? Like, oh, like this year? No, I so this would have been maybe a year and a half, two years yeah. ago. Like, I so we were, we're trying to think if you guys drank this one. Oh, um, I see. And at the time, uh, it would have been one of our first beers that was like permanently in a uh licensee with a restaurant so i was like okay yeah we're working with them to sort of see what they wanted and then we went with the light lager and this came i want to say this came our first mainstay beer too oh nice so like as far as like a um like a flagship type of situation yeah, so prior to Bare Naked, we were basically like, we had a lot of beers that would come and go, or there'd be a series where we would change something up. But Bare Naked was the first like core beer that was always available whenever you came in. Okay. Um, and you were saying that like, it was in the clear bottles, um, which is pretty sick. That yeah, pretty yeah, so that's what we were doing before, and it was just, you know, it's just like a kind of sexy bottle, nice, clear, crisp, and you can just, you know, crack it and get it and twist off. And it was great, but it was just a, uh, we got rid of our bottling machine, essentially. It was too slow and manual and a pain in the ass. And Makes sense. May have the inevitable switch to cans. And uh, yeah. Makes complete sense. Uh, first things first, boys. Cheers. Great cheers. to see you yeah. again. Yes. Yeah, so this is our- Oh yeah, money. Oh, that's great. We needed a, uh, like we always, we always had a light option on our menu mm-hmm. and it was one, you know, a lot of people come in and they want a beer that tastes like a Bud Light or a Brewer's Light or a beer that tastes like a beer, you know, somebody comes yep. in and they don't know what they want. Usually what they want is a bare naked. So this is easily our top seller in our tap room and our retail store. And it's great. Yeah. Just a crisp, easy drinking lawnmower beer. Yeah. It's it's still got tons of flavor though, four point two percent. So it's like it's light, but not crazy light. 
It's got everything yeah. going on. Super easy to cry. I see what you mean, man. Low mode. Is this yeah. a uh, is this a corn lager? No, uh, no corn in this one. Mm. Oh, okay. It doesn't taste like it's got the corn, but I mean, typically a lot of like even the craft versions tip sometimes do. This is, <clears throat> yeah, the malt flavor is like like uh, really really heavy. I find that maybe it's because mm -hmm. of that actually. Maybe that's why it's standing out. The lagers that typically look like this. Um, from crafters, yeah, would probably just slide in a bit of corn in there. So why did you guys opt for no corn? Was it sort of not the, you weren't trying to mimic maybe like the macro style stuff? Um, I don't know if you would have a better answer than that. Rich. Um, so I wasn't there when, uh, this first recipe, uh, this recipe was first, uh, concocted, but, um, off the top of my head, I can only assume that it was just for lagering time. Gotcha. So Corn, you're going to get that uh, pretty heavy hazy at first, and I don't know what your guys' are, uh, time limits on getting this beer out were at first, but I assume like, adding something like flake corn is going to like add like another week of lagering that like gotcha. at the end of it probably won't be doing much at conditioning like at four or five weeks. So yeah, it's probably just one of those things. It's like hey, and I bother. Yeah, at the time, too, it could have been, I'm just trying to think back a year and a half ago, um, we also did a, a uh, um, like a, basically like a Mexican lager, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and we called it Haze, and so that obviously had a bunch of corn in it, so I don't know if this was the differentiated from that, or it didn't have. That would make sense, because it'd be kind of almost too much if you had the Mexican lager in this, and they are different, but like... Not like wildly different, probably too many, too much of the same shit on the menu there, mm -hmm. which would make sense. I didn't know that about corn though, that it needs more time. That's uh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. That it just hazes things up because this is pretty damn clear. Did this have any? Um, yeah. Uh, what's the fucking word? Um, I don't know. Why I'm blanking, but like a refinement process to clar clarify the thing. Clarifying, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it's looking looking great. It's uh, it's super good, man. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. So this one now, like you're saying, is the first proper sort of flagship. And is it in any sort of distro or do you have sort of maybe LCBO uh, aspirations for this type of thing? So not for this one. Um, but this one is in a handful of restaurants around town. Perfect. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So we do have, uh, I guess that's one thing. I didn't, I didn't give it to you because we're going to be changing it out of the LCBO. But we do have one beer in the LCBO. Um, it's a blackberry sour IPA, nice. but we are in the process of like, I guess we kind of just finished the decision making mm. stage of what we're going to have. Yeah. Ooh. So we're going to be, uh, putting a dry hot pills there. Uh, Ooh, hopefully. Nice. Would that be a year round or is that a seasonal? So we're thinking that would be a year round. So historically it was a seasonal. But it's just like a great beer. Like when we sell it, it disappears. It's super crushable. Uh, you know, great flavor profile. And uh, so we were really tinkering and hemming and hawing as to what we wanted to put in the LCBO in place of the follow your nose. Um, and yeah, I think we're going to go with our pills there. That's a cool idea, man. I feel I asked. And is that one of the is that one of the cool cool cools or or am I thinking yeah. of something else? Oh, oh it is. Yeah. Okay, nice. That's uh. Is, is there variants of that? Is that what you mean by one-off? Uh, so we that one's like a seasonal one that we I think we want that like maybe once, 
twice a year, maybe. Yeah, so we probably only brewed like four or five batches of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess each time we have used a different dry hop. Mm-hmm. The only one that we've doubled down on is we we did one release like several years ago with Bar Rouge, and it was like phenomenal. It's probably one of my favorite beers we've put out. And then we did it again with, I'm not sure if this was next year or the year after that we did it with Bar Rouge again. Okay. And it was still it was still very good. Um, apparently, like this is something that I know a little bit less about, but hops like wine would be you know very good years and years that aren't quite as good. Yeah. And I think not just it just you know it was the exact same beer, just the hop itself wasn't. Uh, I don't know if it just didn't come out as like it was still very good, but um, I would say that one year was like the one of the best beers I've ever had. Interesting. Yeah, so I think to counter that, I'm not sure what we're going to do as the other hop, but I think we're going to do a blend of hops okay. and a dry hop too. Yeah, so I don't know what we're going to We haven't really talked too much about it. I don't know if you guys yeah. have been spitballing. Yeah, we've been spitballing. Uh, right now we're thinking about still having the bar rouge in it, but um, very significantly lowering the amount and mixing it with uh, Sabro. Ooh, okay. Like strawberry yeah. coconut. Yeah, the sweetness from the Sabro, like probably... I think the issue, um, I don't think I ever had a chance to try that, but I think the issue with that uh, batch of Bar Rouge was that it was just like, it was a little too on the earthy end. Okay. And we're thinking that's that, that Sabro would really cut through the earthiness while still getting like the sweeter notes of the uh, Bar Rouge. So. I like that look. Nice. I, that's actually the one that I had. I was just double checking. I had it in, uh, I remember I had a, it was right before the pod. It was September 2021, it looks like, according to Untapped mm-hmm. here. I had that. A friend brought when it was up there from Montreal and brought me a bunch of stuff back, and that was the first beer I had from you guys. And I was like, "Fuck, this is exactly. great!" I think that's when I reached, we reached out to do the pod the first time. Um, okay, yeah, because that awesome. was that was so damn good. Okay, sick. So that that's really cool, man. I really that that's such a great idea doing the uh, doing like a, a dry hot pills as a LCBR. I feel like that could. I imagine that the the sour IPA did well, but I feel like it, would it be accurate to say, or that it's more likely that a pilsner will probably move some numbers a little more in that market. I would say it was it was not even so much a reception part of the as far as like our sales to the LCBO. So mm-hmm. sales were going fine with the uh, with the blackberry sour. Like it is a great beer. Like I want to say that it's our highest ranking beer on Untapped. Mm-hmm. Like that was one of the reasons why we chose it. Like it's a technically mm-hmm beer and it like so basically we we would be filling lcbo orders because we'd be out with like the same day that we are canning and we were kind of like just keeping up with mm. demand and saying no to lcbos because we couldn't uh brew more enough of it kind of thing um one of the reasons because it's also our most expensive beer so it wasn't the best decision to begin with right. uh to pull in but it's also a little bit niche so like right it's a it's a uh, fruit beer, it's a sour beer, and it's an IPA. So if you don't like any one of those things, then you're probably going to pass on it. And but it's also like I, maybe that plays in its uh, favor as well, right? Just because it is kind of niche, it's got a lot going on, and uh, it is a great beer. Um, but it's also, I think, with doing something like cool, 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 uh, it just has a bigger reach. So, like with Follow Your Nose. It's kind of beer at six and a half percent. It's a lot going on. So you are likely to have one, maybe two in a night, but you're not going to sit down and drink a six pack of fall your nose kind of thing. So don't gotcha. <laughs> hey, you never know. Um, you yeah. said it was a, it was a blackberry one? 
Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. but it didn't. It's not like super bright red. Interesting. No, it was at one point, and then we like because we've been brewing that one for a little bit, and then uh, it kind of got a little bit darker. But we've been playing with uh, our IPAs and trying to work on like things like hay stability. Um, and so it's, it's a new England style. So it got like sort of hazier and less. So I was looking at old pictures of it. There's somewhere with, like a clear red, almost pink color. Mm-hmm. And then there's some now where it's like opaque and like a, like a darker pink almost. Yeah. Like, pink or like purple. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Okay. And why, why wouldn't the fruits, I, excuse my ignorance. I would have thought just expect a blackberry would have like made that shit like crazy purple from the beginning but i guess it's more is it the volume of fruit maybe yeah we definitely played with that a few times um just dialing that in uh but also it's just like the time we add the fruit in like you you let it sit for a while and it's gonna pale out a bit more Mm -hmm. uh be like a little bit of a brighter pink but we've been just I would say we've changed a lot of our methods in the past. That's years. true. Yeah. A lot of, so like for our we've kind of changed how we sour our beers. Um, when and how much fruit we add. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the malt profile would have changed quite a bit. Um, just probably more cereal grains to help with haze. And yeah. I think that was probably one of the big changes from the malt profile. And then, Honestly, probably the only thing we haven't fucked with too much is the hops. When we have the hops, and I, don't, yeah. I don't think too much. Not, not really, unless it's an emergency or something. But, uh, but yeah, no, like that's pretty much been it. Uh, I think maybe the cereal grains. Just saw that suspended starch has something to do with it. Gotcha. Okay, that's sick. Yeah, I have heard that a lot about the haze. That are, that are probably most of it is to do. I mean, there's yeast, obviously, but uh, the actual grains that you're using. Super important, so that's interesting to hear from you guys as well. You guys were doing, I'm pretty sure your stuff was like pretty damn hazy a couple of years ago, though. A- am I remembering correct? Or was yeah. it? It was right, yeah. I, I think, I think two parts would be one that we were probably just doing more hazies now, gotcha. and like even, even like so the cool, cool that you had probably wasn't hazy. The last edition that we did, that one was hazy. I think we're gonna go back to the more traditional, not hazy when we do cool, cool. Um, but, uh, so I know that like even some of the hate, like two years ago when we did a hazy, if let's say we cracked, uh, you know, a can of it that was like two or three months old or whatever, it would be noticeably less hazy. And so we've been working on our, you know, haze stability, right? Just so sort of gotcha. What's the secret to that? If that's something that you can share. Like what? What have you found at least that sort of changes the stability from before to now? Um, I think one of them would just be the percentage in our malt bill of uh, whatever flaked oats. Yeah, know, a lot of more flaked uh, cereal grains, and then I think also like uh, the speed that we get from like cold crashing it and to getting it carved in in a in packaged also really helps just keeping a lot of that like those starches that haze in the product as it's being canned will keep it a little hazier for a little longer hmm. still gonna clear out after a point but it definitely helps with shelf life yeah probably like so before 
we were in bottles, it was like, uh, it was a, that process of packaging was a bottleneck. Uh, no pun intended, but um, like uh, it would just take us forever to a bottle because we had, we had these big 650 mil bottles. We just had a, like a semi-automatic two head filler. So right. we could bottle like mm. 100 bottles a day sort of thing. And like packaging a tank would be a two or three day ordeal. Whereas now if we're set up properly, we can empty a tank in a day, no problem. Mm. Right. Jeez, that's crazy. I mean, that's way more efficient. Has that, um, has that helped with moving volume or it's just sort of maybe helped like at the brewery and sort of like way less of a headache when you're actually packaging or has it helped? In other I say, no, I would say everything. Yeah, Pick right. a thing and it's made. You're like, yeah. Cool. Uh, so internally, like we can just empty tanks a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely upped our, uh, potential total output just because we can you know brew more and get it out quicker yeah um and then before like we, i i loved those bottles like if we could have gotten away with not changing it you know maybe we would have doubled down on the bottles mm-hmm. um but the challenge is is like especially in ontario the industry is just tall boys right like lcdo yeah. nobody has a fridge mm-hmm. that would even fit those big bottles kind of thing <laughs> yeah Right, like, and neither do licensees or bottle shop. Like, maybe some bottle shops, but like, we just um, basically they're moving great out of our retail store. But we could couldn't get into the LCBO or licensee game with cans, uh, like, like uh, as opposed to kegs. But with bottles, like, we just couldn't do it. So, like, our um, backdoor sales went from like you know almost zero to where, where they are now. So it's kind of just opened up that whole channel for us interesting because i know on the last one you were that was something that we spoke about because it was pretty rare to see bottles particularly like you were doing the 650s right yeah and yeah, yeah. Oh, and i remember too i remember justifying the hell of why we did it and no plans to change and then we just you know you uh, eventually your hand is forced right and yeah you are right man it was it was kind of inevitable um but i mean i've heard other people even sell the benefits on like you can fit more like a case of bottles is like 12, I guess, as opposed to 24, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, people have said to me in the past that like, oh, it's like, uh, say you think about the truck, like a can without the liquid, obviously weighs significantly less than an empty bottle. So like the volume you can fit on a truck, not even looking at the, the height of it, just from the weight of what you can put on from what you can ship is significantly more. So there's like, and I guess you're right, because as you were saying that, I was picturing LCBO shelves. The cold rooms probably would be okay, because they kind of are pretty good. But even the, the um, like my local uh, here in Hamilton, the uh, the cafe, Duran Cafe, that has like a sick uh, beer fridge, if it's only, there's basically no space in any of it that would fit a bottle that I can picture in my head right now. Like it's all, it's all cans, all the bottles are on the shelf, but they're all like sours and stouts and stuff. Um so it sounded like a you're right, you handled first, and uh, but at least you're seeing the benefit from it. Like as far as because even those three days of bottling, add that up over time, and that'll be like how many, like turn and how many times you can can you turn a tank over that you're just missing out on, just for the sheer fact that you can't package it quick enough. So, I guess the bottom line yeah. is important in this economy type thing. You know, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Richard doesn't know the uh, the woes of the bottling. Oh. <laughs> at, the, at my old brewery, I've definitely knew the woes of the bottling. That's all I did. And it, like, it, like we were talking about how like canning like expedites mm. almost like, every process of packaging, but like even like like knock on wood, but like 
every cane line does this, but every once in a while something goes wrong with it. You got to need to get it fixed. And right. the canning line, it's like an, an hour on the phone with old balling machines. Like it was always like, ah, sorry, I got to drive to friggin' Cambridge or like six hours out of the way, drop it off and we'll take a look at it. <laughs> yeah. We might be able to fix it. Right. Yeah. So that oh my cool. God. So we so, got uh, we got a slick little machine. It's uh so there's another brewery in town, Skeleton Park, that had this machine ahead of us. So after doing a bit of research, this is the one we went with. So it's from a company out of Texas. They're called American Canning, mm-hmm. and like you guys have seen our brewery, it's not very big. So space is a huge concern for us. Yeah. And this fits on a like a uh, one of those plastic carts that's like know, two and a half feet by three feet. Yeah. Like, that. like it's not and, and it's uh. It's got a rotary table that you fill the cans on, and then it's got uh, it's like so it's a one head filler, but three things happen at once. So there's three heads that drop down. One of them purges with CO2. One of them fills, and then the other one seams. And it can pump out like when we're getting going, it can pump out like seven and a half cans a minute. Seven, yeah, seven and a half. I, I think it can go faster. It's it's at that point the human element slows yeah, it down. Yeah, rich, rich is the <laughs> <laughs> the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> hey that's yeah i mean i can imagine that's probably it's got to be a ton of work i've never personally done it but it does sound pretty hectic that's yeah, um, i can't like like me and the other brewer who are like constantly in the briati uh she she's quick like way faster than me and like like what what, what takes me probably like six hours she's like five maybe Four and a half, just because she's zooming. Right. It's, it's, yeah, she goes too fast. Gets her headphones on and oh, yeah. she gets in into her murders. The zone. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is the 100 Murder Podcast, and she's just, she could do anything. Oh, yeah. The, the Murder Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we had, they, oh, man. My girlfriend used to love them. We had to stop it. That shit gets in your head. It's bad. Okay, I can't to the I, I start stopping and I'm like, what? I can't believe that happened. <laughs> yeah. I got to take out my Google. I'm like, is this real? <laughs> it becomes a whole thing. You're going down a rabbit hole. It's over. Oh, uh, not now. I can't brew this beer right now. I know the no, boat. Sorry, guy. I need to find out what happened yeah, to this yeah. girl in Arkansas. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, uh, it's fucking wild. To be honest, though, like, so, it, oh, sorry, Nate. All I want to say is just, I really no, 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 love go, go how ahead, the. Go ahead. I love, love how the cans look like your labels. Obviously we were, we were dapping them up on the last one. And I still think they're some of the most exceptional labels in the province. They're just so fucking attractive. And now, you know, obviously with yeah. the, with the metallic and the, the, it's just, they're so cool, man. And they look sick. Like I had everything, you know, the day they arrived, chucked them on the freeze. They just looked cool. My girlfriend was like, Oh, but she remembered from when oh, she didn't come down with me, but she knew who you were and she'd seen the stuff before. And she even pointed out like, Hey, she never says anything. And specifically, yeah, that looks sick. Um, I think they look really great, and I can imagine this standing out uh, aggressively on like an LCBO shelf, licensee, bottle shop, whatever. Um, so, you know, yeah. I, I think you did the right thing. As much as like the bottles were a fun little like, uh, you know, unique thing that you guys were doing that is still sick, um, I think this would definitely – this works immediately. Yeah. I didn't, you know, because I, I think of daft, I think of bottles, and I think a lot of people do too. But immediately I was like, oh, yo, these are fire. These look great. So, you know, killed it. Yeah. Thank you. So, that, that the bare naked one is actually, we've kind of got like a template now. And that's, I think this is the only one that doesn't fall into, I guess it kind of does fall into our template. 
probably just stands out a bit more because it's on mostly mostly the white background and the naked man. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that too. Don't yeah. forget that. Well, I, I, I like. I mean, like that's a bit kind of a theme on some of the other ones as well. But we'll get into that. <laughs> um, so we should yeah, get into the next beer. Mm. Yeah. We should get into the next beer, and we should hear Rich's uh, beer story. I think I was thinking exactly oh, that. So the next one, we pre-planned all this. All righty, we are doing Thirst Trap, another naked man on the can. That's what the fuck I'm talking about. That's right. (laughs) Is that the episode name? Another naked man? (laughs) (laughs) Just just can't help ourselves, apparently. (laughs) You know what? I'm here for it, boys. Here for it. I'm writing that down. Um, Okay, so I don't think I've had this one before. Is this a relatively new... Yeah. Yeah. So Thirst Trap is maybe predates you. And oh, this, for this sure. Be, Most of them do. Maybe maybe <laughs> a year old. So this one was the um. So we have like a lot of our IPAs for the most part. If we if we brew six IPAs, then five of them are going to be a Midland hazy, mm-hmm. and it'll be you know like let's say north of six percent. Some of them might have fruit in it, might not. Maybe lactose might not. Um, but this one is a 5% double dry hot IPA and it's, it was sort of designed to be a bit more approachable for licensees. Um, so there's some places in town that just, uh, you know, I think we make a great IPA, but some of them just don't want a six and a half percent because they're more of a, less of a craft beer sipping bar and more of a, people are going to go to drink place and they don't want a six and a half percent beer that people are going to get drunk on or two of they'd rather a five percent one that people are going to think you know they have more of them and they'll sell three beers instead of two sort of thing right, right, um, right. So this was designed with that in mind and so more for like licensees but also it's a nice little bit lighter five percent so it's just a little bit more crushable a little bit more approachable a little bit less body but still packs all the same flavor punch the uh the nose is super bright um which I'm loving. Qu- question on this one: five percent. Is there like I know that there's no like uh, it's arbitrary, but is there a reason you went with IPA as opposed to pale ale for something at five uh, percent? Um, because typically what I would say, I mean, once again, I- I've seen it all different things. I find that in the states, it's like there's no rules. It's just like whatever goes. But here. I've t- I don't know where I don't know whether like if it's five point five is an IPA or a pale, but like typically I've seen around this this mark is either a session IPA or a pale ale as opposed to an IPA. I don't and I and the funny thing is I don't think there is any right answer because it's like hella murky the whole thing. I was just curious as to the yeah, marketing because when people do session IPA, I'm like why why didn't you call it a pale ale type of thing as well. Uh, okay. I guess, um, like, I, I'm actually not a big fan of session IPAs. I just find for me the balance is not there. So five percent is probably as yep. low as I would want to go because otherwise yeah. I just find it like Appreciate it's just come off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I, with you on that. Neither of us are yeah. a, a fans of them, and I think it's just even just calling it a session IPA. I immediately, I'm just like, uh, yeah. Same. When I think of a session IPA, I think of like a three and a half percent or four percent or something like that. Right? Something sure. where I don't really want much hops in it um but i guess for me like this is me personally but i would still think of an i like five percent within the ipa territory okay um that's fair and then it's a little dry hop but also you know you can make the argument that it's a pale ale and not an ipa 
Um, but we have found just internally that um, I, I think this is closer to an IPA than what I would think of as a pale ale just because of how heavily it's hopped. Gosh. And uh, I feel like people just gravitate more towards an IPA than a pale ale. So we would probably go through That's this a lot quicker. Uh, well, that call it an IPA, then we would have to call it a pale ale. Could not agree more. Uh, I definitely think yep. the the market for pale ales is significantly smaller than for IPAs. And even just looking now, I'm just trying to the glass I picked is like need to just fill it up and like all of that beautiful, glorious yeast in the bottom there. This uh, the aromatics are just booming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ooh. So. Yes. Just transparent. So this is like uh, out of all the beers here, this one's probably like the least mm -hmm. fresh anyways from this batch yeah. and i think it holds quite well over time so hell yeah here for it probably like uh you know um for me like an ipa is probably best like one week to four weeks away from mm -hmm. when it is released and this is just you know beyond that by a bit but i think it still holds up quite nicely yeah oh yeah pretty good cheers fellas cheers 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 yeah. cheers i like that glass Nate. Mm. Yeah, shouts to um, Evan from the Wheeled Brew. Um, this, uh, this is one of their uh, Hayes House classes. He, um, yeah, we, he, like he he commissioned a, like a local glass blower to make like to make these uh, insane like, unique glasses. This yeah. is this is another one here. They're just fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I was uh, we're, we're at my partner Shane's. We're being attacked by a dog. Sorry, guys. He's was just the big suck. Yeah, he's another brewer, oh, actually. <laughs> he looks like he's a hard worker. What a oh, cutie! That, uh, oh, that, 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 I am. I, I'm in love with Bernese Mountain Dogs. They're like they're just so beautiful, and I, I, like I can only just see the top of his head. But like that's a beautiful dog right there. Yeah, you're that. You're beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, you you want him? Him. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he's, he's a lot. Oh no! Um, yeah, no, I was at Wheel Brew. I, I think I was driving home from. Uh, maybe I was going to Grave. That was the time I was going to Gravenhurst. And we popped by Sawdust, and uh, we stopped by the Wheel Brew. And he was talking. I don't care if he showed me that glass or if he was just explaining to me the glass that he was going to make. Um, yeah. This is maybe summer. So was that relatively new? Since you got that, or. Um, this uh, this was a few months ago that uh, the, the, that we got this that that, that we had Evan on the pod. Um, yeah. Do, do you remember when it was? It might, like it must have been oh, wow. like late spring, early summer. I think. Uh, I, I think, think you're. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I can double check That's right cool. now. June. It yeah, June, so. yeah. Evan, Evan, like Evan's the man. He's uh, yeah. like, and the, the glassware is really dope. It's it, it's awesome for uh, like cool. I particularly love it for uh, like for photography because it like it just makes it pop so much. Particularly with like beers like this one, like the real murky haze. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, we are. We can, this episode is going to kill it with a pop in it. Let's go. Um, <laughs> it just exactly. looks so sick. Yeah, I love it. Um, I, we just got a dog last year. I had never had a dog before, and like you, you, it's like you're a celebrity walking down the street. Sometimes everyone's just looking at, like, they don't look mm -hmm. at us. They look at the dog, and like, they fucking lose their minds. It's awesome. So I try and get him in all the photos. People love it. What kind of dog you got? We got a multi poo, so total opposite, <laughs> literal. Like he's oh, yeah. twelve pounds, super cute, like the cutest fucking, like super cute, and um, just a sweetheart. And he's like eighteen months now. Actually, tomorrow, oh, nice eighteen months, but um. It's great. I love it. It's a different world. I couldn't imagine like 
like that type of dog is there. I love them. It's just like having a pony in the house. So they're so big. It's um, yeah. it's totally different. We used this tiny little guy who's just happy to see you all the time. It's really nice. It's well, nice to have. Uh, uh, it's a, a dog. Bear. Sorry. I said this dog's more like a black bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Do you know what's made me appreciate breweries who are dog friendly now? Like it's really like something that I'm like, we take him everywhere. Like we drove to Florida this year and like take him everywhere. He loves it. He loves the car and stuff. So we went go to all the breweries. He's been to more breweries than most people. And it's, uh, it's yeah. if there's ever like breweries aren't welcoming to that, it's kind of now I'm like, oh man, look, it's, it's like annoying. And I like going to breweries and seeing dogs. They always bring joy. Unless they're dickhead dogs, but most of them are cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we've always welcomed dogs like, um, especially our patio, but even inside, and I don't think we've ever had an issue with the dog. No. Like sometimes one will yip or something like that, or yeah. multiple dogs in there they'll monkey over. Yeah, there's, there's never been an issue. That's great. Yeah, in fact, uh, in fact, when I dropped in this summer, I was looking at, at like at your wall of uh, photos of all of the dogs that were there, and I mm-hmm. saw yes. the pi- I saw the picture of uh, my parents' dog Mozzie, who uh, like who they had brought there <laughs> when we were there yeah. the fall before. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Mm. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking. Good stuff, guys. I love that. And this beer is great. I know what you're saying as well, Adam. People give me shit because like I'm like a bit of a date kind of princess with uh with ipas exactly what you said like four weeks at the top end if i'm being generous but like you know within three would be optimal i usually find unless it's like super hot bernie and if it's hot that's actually good because then they you know you could drink a one to two month old ipa and it tastes super fresh i've actually had a bunch that are like that but this this tastes i feel like i'm getting a little bit of hot burn in the back end and that could also my theory would be that that's probably why it also tastes so good if it's a little older than four weeks. Would that be accurate or, or am I boosting? Yeah, I don't know. I've never really thought about that too much. Um, Just like a common thing I've noticed. I don't get any hot burn with this, but we, we recently had a batch um, that was like super hot burning, not a best when we released it. And it did clear out, but like it took a while. Like, it took probably like it was like two or three weeks before yeah. it was like a, um, the flavor settled out. Mm. Yeah, it was uh, it was a little harsh at first, like, and yeah, just like most beers, you know, it's it, it mellow, it's fine. But yeah, yeah. I, don't know, I, th- I think uh, I think the the burn emphasis on the burn that one. So yeah, was glad like, it cleared out. It was yeah. a surprise for us because like we were racking our brains, yeah, like yeah, we did absolutely yeah. nothing different with this one. So. Mm. It would would it potentially have been because I've asked a bunch of people, excuse me, about this as well because I'm super curious as because it seems to be some sort of like really fantastic way to make an IPA last longer and um, I thought it could be based the closest thing I got to it is that people are saying that it's the specific hops that you're using Mm -hmm. that give it a little more longevity like in either the specific hops and then kind of the volume any. Mm Like, I don't know what, say like Galaxy, for example. Um, like, we've done a couple collabs with Sword Art City. This this one here was the latest one. And even now, that's probably August, never. Like, pr- coming up on four months old and it still drinks great because it was super hot burny. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, yeah. really hot burny. The one that we did five years ago with them was drinking great six to eight months later because it was that was the first time they'd used a shit ton of hops. That's a little absurd. But that was like, 
they were learning. Whereas this one now, it's still just intense because they just hop the shit out of it and it and it's galaxy in it. So I I have a feeling that galaxy plays a bit of a role in that. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So this, what's what's in our? What can't remember what's in our follow your nose? Um, it's it's uh, mosaic. It's oh geez, of course now I can't forget. Oh, I can check on Untapped because it's usually. Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm checking right now too. Um, of course, when I'm on a podcast, that's <laughs> no pressure, brother. You're good. Uh, for, um, so- but, yeah, so, no, because this is this is it's like a core beer that we do and. Uh, and it would have been no change from one to the other, but this this that beer is never I've never had any hot burn with it at all. Okay. So yeah. it change like we were, you know, buying a new hop or or switch the profile or anything like that. Yeah, it could mm-hmm. have been a, it could have just been the fact like it could have been like a different batch year that we got, like or yeah, from a different farm, like kind of something about it. Like certain mm-hmm. elf yeah. are a little higher than they should have been, or something like that. That's it's hard to say. Yeah, yeah like so. As far as uh, like our hopper, I guess it's going to remain a mystery to us as to what happened that mm-hmm. time. But um, like the longevity of a beer and the hop you use, that would make sense to me, just depending on how you use it and how much you use when you use it in the in the process. Just you know, because like hop is a natural preservative, right? So how much you use, what type of hop. Um, how much acids you're pulling out of it? I imagine all of that stuff factor into how long it's going to make the beer last, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I wonder if there is any exact science on that because it's all like hypothesis at the moment. But it's uh, yeah, what you made me think about is if you could intentionally create hop burn in your beer as, oh. as a way of like adding shelf stability if you want to like ship overseas or something like that, right? That's a great and idea because they like, wouldn't get it until it's like a month old. It's in its prime instead of slowly on its way out. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I no one's really specifically. Nate, correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't think anyone was spoken to has specifically said like this is the exact cause. It's always galaxy, and if you do X, then it results in it. Like I feel like it tends to kind of just happen, mm-hmm. and and nobody seems to like have any sort of exact thing and when it does it's sort of like oh it's a little bit harsh at first and you usually see the reviews if people are type you know whether it's untapped or online people will say oh, a little bit harsh now but give it a few weeks and it should be right um but it seems to be i don't know if breweries because it's almost like a brewery would want their beer to be consumable exactly how they intended uh from right when it's like brewed right release, like you know yeah. release yeah, so the- the play really would be to if you if there's hopburn, as long as you're not like under some sort of commitment, then just sit on it until it's until it's clear and then, and then release yeah. it. Then that's that's what that's what we would do, you know, uh, under the proper circumstances, or even just kind of if we can force the circumstances so that we're not releasing a product that's not you know completely up to our par. Mm. Yeah, which is important. I mean, not even though you know it's going to mellow out in. A short amount of time um but it's uh th- this is yeah this is fantastic this is like uh definitely i can see why this would be a popular one because it's got all the sort of you know characteristics of that people would want at like a super crushable five percent but it's got all the flavor great mouthfeel um this is this is fantastic boys loving it yeah me too. i don't think it's too, i don't think it's too light in body here it's i think it's not 
It's not floating that line of becoming too session. Uh, for me, not for me, anyways. I agree. No, I I, I completely agree. And uh, and like we were saying, like Craig and I are both very like minded on that. Um, when uh, and we I find sometimes find this can get to be the case in New England pales as well. Um, in uh, like never mind session IPAs is that once the well once the ABV dips below five five in a, like in a lot of cases it uh, it can be a case of the hot flavor just gets way too uh, like way too strong in citrus and usually in in like kind of like a harsh bitterness kind of way and also the uh, like carbonation tends to really lighten up the body a lot and come off like and come off a bit too harsh but uh, like but that's not what uh, is happening here at all uh, like the body is actually quite nice for something that's uh, like that's below 55 and uh, definitely uh popping some ample hop flavor here yeah yeah love it it's uh, great yeah. stuff no. and then Damien so Damien's on the front of it Damien's are he's one of the guys I think he's Probably our longest employee at Daft. He's been around yeah. since before we opened, and he's our sales guy now. So he's uh, <laughs> he's thrilled to be featured on this can. <laughs> it's uh, it's genuinely hilarious. Yeah, if you guys are just listening and not watching, uh, go to Daft's Instagram and, and check out the. Uh, is this obviously this is an original photo that it, the artwork is made after? Yeah, so I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think as to the reason for this post. So this was a part of another new shoot. Yeah, it had to. It, it had to be. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope we just didn't find them like in like the back room. Going through his phone. Damien Damien opens up uh, opens up an invite in the summer. So when we release our never nude for the first time in the summer, he usually opens up licensees that. Here's their opportunity to request that he drop that he delivers a beer and nothing but his never new shorts. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I would highly fantastic if I owned a, a, a if I was a licensee. You goddamn right, I would. Like you better come through. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to see a shirt. Come down to Hamilton. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? That could be good. I feel like there's a lot of places that could do. I mean, look, I wouldn't ask him to do that in uh, in November. Because it'd be a little nippy, so he'd be welcome to wear. Uh, uh, we, we were just we were in Hamilton not that long ago. Actually, we did a collab with Merrick. Yeah. But, uh, we've been we've got we've got a keg of it waiting at our spot. Where uh, uh, we've got um, we're gonna finish one sour and then we're just gonna release it on the Friday and it'll disappear right away. How yeah? What's the uh, what's the collab? I mean, this this episode will come out in a little like a, a few weeks, so we have got some time to if if like it'll probably be out by the time. Yeah, it'll probably be coming on by then, but it's a mojito sour. It's quite nice. Nice. Is it both sides? Is it going to so? There's like you guys are dropping one, and and it's coming on their side too. Uh, So they've already released it on their end. Okay. Um, And then we got uh, they gave us like they gave us case just to basically drink, and then we got a keg, and we just haven't released yet just because we're waiting for our beer board. Like we we have a fair amount of sours on our uh, beer board right now, which is you know not we're kind of getting out of sour season. Gotcha. So we'll just release that one when we finish the other one. It'll probably be around next week. Um, and then we'll release it then. But it's it's quite nice. Like the our sours, we have, I guess we don't even have any sours in this lineup. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why I guess, you know what? It's because we just ran out of the plum mint. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, our sours aren't too tart. Like they're definitely like, 
notably sour, but they're not like mouth puckering. And not to say that the one with uh, with Merritt is, but it's definitely a bit more sour than ours, which I actually quite like just to mix it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's great. It's a super refreshing and like I'll say delightfully tart beer. Hell yeah, delightfully tart. Nice. I like that. Delightful, such a sick word. Um, so let's get into Rich's uh, beer history, just so we have that on the pod. So Rich, tell us about how you specifically got into beer and how you ended up at Daft, brother. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so like, I started out as a fan, like, and a home brewer, like a lot of uh, brewers. But um, I started like in the industry back in uh, British Columbia on Vancouver Island, uh, right down in Victoria at uh, the Swans Brew Pub, uh, where I I started out uh, working at their uh, attached liquor store, uh, and then started doing sales for them as like, and as any good sales guy. Always you gotta have product knowledge. So I went to a couple of brew days, watched the guys do their things, learned as much as I could, and kind of realized through that that like I was like, I, I think I'd rather make this stuff than sell it. <laughs> um, so um, an opportunity came back uh, back here in Ontario. So drove back across the country, and unfortunately that opportunity fell through. So I was kind of stuck looking for something to do, and. Uh, um, a friend of mine was like, "Hey, a small little brewery in uh, Kingston. Um, it's it's now uh, where Skeleton Park is, but there used to be a small brewery there called Kingstown. Um, they were like looking for an assistant, so as I yeah. signed me up, they they gave me the job. Um, and from there, I moved on to uh, to Stone City Ales, oh, where nice. I where I worked." Um, I both worked and worked my way up uh, to like the last head brewer there um, for about three, three and a half years. I can't remember. It was, it was a lifetime ago, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I worked there and um, with uh, like with Rich Semper, Fine Balance, uh, and Eric Peterson. I just missed Justin, but he came in a lot. And was, uh, he's a, um, we bumped into each other a couple of times. He's a really nice guy. Um, Good cap. Uh, yeah, great, great guy. And the stories I hear from uh, Rich Semper, uh, yeah, he seemed like a really knowledgeable guy. Well, is a really knowledgeable guy. And the beer he makes on Matron is fantastic. Um, yeah. Um, and then once uh, Stone City was uh, sold, I kind of like, was like well, I think uh, my time's done here. Uh, did a small stint in prison. <laughs> working in a prison <laughs> yeah. either way not as cool yeah. but okay yeah just and then um yeah ryan uh hit me up and was like hey we might need some help in the brewery do you want to throw a resume in and oh, yeah. the rest is history i guess nice and i've uh, been with uh dad for like six going on seven months now yep just learning their just system going. learning their ways um, just have a good no turning back now buddy. yeah God. yeah. <laughs> I think I signed a contract for life so. yeah. yeah you're yeah. stuck has it uh, uh, have, have you been able to add like I know you like you said learning your system learning sort of the way everyone does things which obviously takes a lot of time it's uh you know as you mm-hmm. make each beer it, it needs repetition that just in beer just takes time have you been able to like sort of add 
anything that you sort of you've like c- contribute sort of hey uh, here we used to do it this way maybe we could try this or you know hey let's try this beer i've always wanted to do or anything like that have you been able to sprinkle your little dust on what duff's doing yeah like a few small things but honestly like the way ryan and addy have been uh running the plate like running the brew house for the last three three yeah. plus years um like They've, they've got it dialed in and like, sure, there's different ways that I could be like, oh, well, you know, I used to do it like this, but like everything they're doing is is like just as good, if not better than what I learned at other breweries. So like, yeah, yeah, there's like, there's like, oh, we could start the beer this way or, oh, we could like just do like operations this way. But honestly, like, I don't think, either way would add or subtract time i think and i think the ways that they brew beer or they we brew beer is just like it's that's high quality like anything that i could add like i don't think would like put it to the next tier it just mm-hmm. be a little different and so rich likes to brew uh like uh not sours <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh i'm uh, personally not fond of mm-hmm. Gotcha. But I get it, no. But but you like the clean, crisp, like uh, crisp, easier drinkers. Yeah, and- crisp lagers and English ales. I'm I'm an old man when it comes to be- like so, personal beer taste. So how have I been thinking about it? Um, Rich actually just so this is like this is your beer from start to finish, but we just did an ESB, mm-hmm. and nice. uh, it just it's uh, it, it was it was actually packaged. Just we haven't officially released it yet, so it's not in the fridge. So when I was grabbing the beers and choosing them. Uh, it was you know just one of those things. Yeah. Where I was like, oh, fuck! I should have been rich beer for this podcast. I teased him about it before we uh, came on here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's great. Oh my God. Yeah, my father-in-law. That's what he drinks. Uh, has half a pint when I when we get home. Perfect yeah. amount. That's a party amount. <laughs> that's it. That's it. So you need a real distinguished gentleman has half a pint of ESB. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And then saves the rest for tomorrow. You drink half, so, you drink so, half a can and then you put yeah. a saran wrap on top of it. <laughs> With a rubber band. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, fucking amazing. Yeah. That's awesome, man. ESB is great. Like We're both huge fans of, uh, of ESBs. And uh, I feel like we're seeing them a bunch more. I feel like more and more breweries are doing ESBs, which is kind of not whatever I would have anticipated. Like it seems to be you relevant. Know, so, uh, Skelton cool. Park, I believe they're proper, used yes, to be they, an ESB. I think it's still a special. It is. Yeah. Well, so I think you just changed the name. He changed the name because right. people didn't like Yeah, like they, they would see ESB. Ooh, can of thinner. Just, yeah, just like uh, the people that don't know what it is would just see it and would turn them off a bit. And then he changed it to proper. And I think that his, you know, yeah, it's, it's just a marketing thing. Gotcha. That's cool, though. I feel like they're, they they seem to be popular even uh, amongst the kids, you know, the more the beer, like not even just the older blokes, that you know, like the, the beer nerds are digging them. I feel like all of, like, I just feel like more and more breweries are doing them that you wouldn't sort of pick to do. I wouldn't have picked you guys to do it. Um, you know, when we did the podcast with, uh, Barncat, rest in peace, they, uh, they sent, that was the first time that I think it was last year, year before something like that. And they, when they sent that, it was like, Oh, interesting. Why did Barncat send an ESB? That's, and then I feel like from then, I feel like it was just more and more common. And, um, 
I don't know, the, I love them. I think it's a great it's a great choice, and they're a fun little addition to the to the lineup of the brewery. It's great shit, man. Yeah. Well, so we, we do a lot of beers. Uh, we'll see how our like beer board navigates itself over the next year or two. But um, like Ryan brews a lot of beers that are like adjuncts, not like uh, just you know have weird twists and turns along the way, and he brews less of the. I'll say more traditional BJCP style guidelines kind of beer. Mm-hmm. And so like when, when Rich came on board, we wanted to give him, Rich and Addy both an opportunity to be like, okay, like you guys choose a beer you want to make. And typically those are like, it makes sense if those are beers that the ones that, that are the beers that like Ryan doesn't specialize in mm-hmm. or, you know, just doesn't focus on or whatever. Right. So gotcha. um, we like to, like, we're trying to maintain like a bit of balance on our beer board where it's not just, IPAs and sours and a light lager so that maybe there's another offering if somebody comes in and they're not a uh, craft beer person or someone that wants to go to a bar and have a pint kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's smart. That's smart, particularly, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with the sort of like, you know, bunch of IPAs and sours or whatever because that's, you know, sometimes what breweries do. I don't know. I'm not mad at that, but I do like the idea of like, particularly in Kingston, probably it's a, it's not, you know, there isn't a shit ton of breweries and maybe there's, people who aren't as familiar with stuff and just sort of like maybe a bit of a middle ground for, you know, the lager and the, uh, the ESB to kind of warm them up. And if that's what tickles their pickle, then can come back and try the other stuff. So it's, uh, yep. yeah. Smart so one thing we get asked for apparently pretty often, like from our front of house folks is, uh, an Amber, I guess a lot of people come in and ask for an Amber. So we're going to, we do a, our, uh, we do like a yearly homebrew competition. We call mm-hmm. it a thirsty game. And uh, basically, every year there's different criteria as to what we've depth for the um, uh, submissions. And so it's going to be an amber this, this year. So I think we're going to be judging that in January sometime. Mm-hmm. And we'll have an amber on tap. Well, yeah, so if you're in the Kingston area, yeah. <laughs> dial them in. Dial them in. Get your, uh, get your amber rail ready in, fe- in February. It's going down. Yeah. Ten dollar yeah. bill. Or yeah. Richard and you'll be the winner. <laughs> Love it. Um time for the next one. I think yeah, so. Sure. Hell yeah. That's the day off, right? Is that in the right order? So this is a little bit of a uh, left turn from what we've been doing, and I'm very interested in, in this one. So this is uh day off. A day off. Strawberry so peach one, and cream. That's fascinating. Is this like similar-ish to the follow your nose with the blackberry type of thing? Or is this like a total different? So I would say this would be totally different. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not sour, right? Yeah, it's not a sour. It's uh, This one's got lactose in it. Um, so the commonalities would be it's a fruited IPA. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, very different flavor profile. Gotcha. I would say. Um, so th- this beer, from a branding standpoint, I would say this is a little bit closer to um, uh, what would be our the the uh, foundation of how we go about naming beers. So this one obviously is a um, pop culture reference. Would be Fair Bueller's Day Off. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the colors in the background like that are from the vests and the clothes and the just the time of the movie and then you can see Oh yeah. Can uh, tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then so this beer, like 
I always find that strawberry is a hard fruit to pluck out. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's just so subtle. Yeah, but yeah, I, I quite like this one, but this one, I don't know if I would sit, like, maybe I could drink two of these a night, yeah. but I couldn't drink ten of these a night. And I find that with, like, with a six and a half beer with lactose in it, I just find that uh, it gets, like, I, I think that this is a beautifully balanced beer, mm-hmm. but just to have one of them, it just, it, you know, the sweetness builds mm-hmm. in my palate, and I kind of just need to reset with something crispy or something light or whatever. Totally. That's I think that's yeah. pretty standard with uh, anything with lactose in it. Really, it has yeah, it has definitely. its place, but it's not always a uh, you know. You go for one like you not said, uh, two. not crushing a four pack of an oat cream IPA on a Friday night. Exactly, no, no, you're definitely no. going to take it a little easier. Uh, I'm excited to try this, gentlemen. Cheers. 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 Yeah, definitely got some, like strawberries and cream on the nose for sure. Oh, okay. This is fast. Okay. So, oh, okay. So this isn't a series. This is just like a. This is yeah, just a one-off. Mm. So I would say, the beers that we do the most one-offs of are our IPAs. Like, yeah, we rarely return to an IPA. Yeah, there's a lot of room to play with those, so it's it kind of doesn't make a lot of sense to just keep doing the same one over and over again, or variations on the same one over and over again. Gotcha. So, so yeah. one, one that we're bringing actually in the next round that we just did, but we're doing a, a cold IPA called Shrinkage, mm-hmm. and that one was just a phenomenal beer and it was super well received. But a cool little thing with that is, uh, so the picture of it is just like it's a similar style like this, where it was where it'd be like a sort of like a colorful silhouette. And it was uh, Jason Alexander, um, George, so it's shrinkage from Seinfeld. Mm. And uh, somebody posted on his Twitter uh, that, hey, here's this beer or whatever, and then he reposted it. So I want to say like 500,000 people have yeah. seen it. And, and that was just cool, just to see Jason Alexander comment and, and share a picture of a beer with you know, his face on it. Oh, that's even, dope. I honestly, if I would have guessed, I would have thought he might have uh, ceased and desisted that shit as opposed to uh, posting. Oh, well. cool. <laughs> he kind of had a sense of humor about it, yeah. which, was, which was cool. It was almost a stamp of approval. Yeah, almost. Said, like, almost. It, was, it was pretty good. His comment, I can't remember exactly what it was word for word, but it was like a little bit self deprecating. Yeah. It was like, I'm not really sure that this is the punch where, like, a. a what was it? Um, was it like about the can, like another right can for it? No, it was, it was, it was, it was something along those lines. Uh, yeah, I can't. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was, it was about how he almost like that he was in the future should have been right. Not sacks, but I, yeah, <laughs> I got yeah. this comment. But anyways, yeah, it was good. That's awesome. So, did that do anything? Did that like just even from a social perspective? Like, did that blow up the beer, or did that? Um, yeah, I think, I, think, I think it was pretty much on its way out, but like. I uh, I wasn't sure if it would or not, and um, yeah, we were pretty close to being out of it at that point. Um, so I didn't really see like a huge influx of anything other than a few people, you know, like were messaging me like screenshots of it and thought that it was pretty cool. Um, but I didn't really have an opportunity to drive sales because it was almost gone. Um, gotcha. Okay. I wasn't sure what we get, like, say, follows or, like, engagement or something like that. Just 
Uh, I think one of the reasons why we didn't see a huge influx is because um, we were never tagged it or anything like that. It was more just about the uh, the pitcher and, and beer, and then it was also on Twitter, which we are just, like I, I basically I logged into our Twitter account for the first time in years to just to follow the follow the show, but we're not really active on that platform. Yeah. So uh, uh, yeah, the that one. Uh, so we've had. I'm gonna say. Unless I'm missing any, we've had like two cool um, uh, things that sort of were briefly viral. And one of them was, this is back when we had our bottles, but we had a beer called Diamond Hands during the... Oh, the Walsh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that was... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were, we were getting like uh, attempted orders from like all over the states. And it, it, like, we, we've never had a beer that sold quicker than Diamond Hands. Jeez. Like I think we sold out in like two days after we after we released it, and it was a shame because people just want, wanted to have the name, and it could it could have been anything in that beer, and it was like a like a aged special release saison that was like you know like uh, would have been something for people to appreciate, but they you know just wanted to the diamond hands. It didn't matter what was in it. That's so, so my buddy, yeah my buddy posted a. Uh, a picture of it on on Wall Street bets during that shit show, and then so it was it was just on Reddit that it kind of exploded and got however many likes and not, and we were getting people come in from Kingston that saw it on Reddit, which has never happened before. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Wow, that was that was pretty beat. That's wicked timing. So it's it's really just like capturing the sort of the cultural like zeitgeist when it's happening. So it's yeah. So one thing that we we haven't had a chance to do it yet, but we typically keep like a a few layers of blank cans, so that if something does happen uh, really quickly, then we've got a good idea that we can just jump on. Then we'll just uh, quickly order some rushed labels and fuck up our schedule and what we have, and we could jump on something very quickly, like you know, within a week or two of a pop culture event. So we'll see what comes next. That's interesting. So that was, was that the first time you'd done that? The diamond hands? Uh, so Di- diamond hands is pretty quick. That was the first time yeah. we did that. And then with shrinkage, that one was planned. And then we're going to, we're going to come out with like a, uh, yeah. a counter, but it just never, I, our, our label guy, my partner, Greg, who uh, is out in Calgary, he was like about to go on vacation to Italy. So he just couldn't put it together. In time, otherwise we would have done a follow up to shrinkage and tried to get Jason Alexander to comment again, but couldn't put it together. That's okay. Quote. Did you have a uh, certain quote or? Um, I think so. It was going to be a follow up based on his comment, um, and it was going to be I think Elaine oh. on the front, <laughs> and it was going to be something like it shrinks. Uh. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that's I do you know what I've never heard that before. Like a brewery like proactively trying to sort of like capture a trend because it's because I guess the the turnaround time is so long. So it's almost like you'd have to have like beers in a tank that doesn't have a name or a label yet. And if something happens that you could be like, all right, boom, and just like jump on. That's that's cool. And the fact that it's worked once before, like obviously it's not the optimal situation in that the beer, like you said, the barrel saison doesn't go to the people who really care. 
I don't know. It's, it's probably good branding and good kind of awareness and particularly locally. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're just, you know, at, at heart, we're just a bunch of idiots that, that like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's almost a constant. <laughs> have you seen this? Do you watch this? Do you, like, do you remember this? Like, you turn me on to that Danger 5 show, which is... Oh, did you watch that? <laughs> I, watched like, I watched like five episodes I found on YouTube, and it is ridiculous. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. What's it called? Danger 5? Danger 5, yeah. yeah. I think it's, it's in New Zealand. Or New Australia. Zealand or Australia. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's Australia. It's just this like cheesy kind of like uh, old... And it's, I think it starts off like 80s, and then it goes to 60s, oh, 60s I, then it goes to 70s, yeah. maybe. It's been years since I've seen it, but the, the sort of the premise is they're like, almost like uh, secret agents, and okay. it's like alternate history, and and Hitler is still alive, and every episode their goal, as always, is to kill Hitler. Yes, and yeah, so I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like it's kind of like low budget and like just beautiful entertainment. It's like it's a B show. Yeah, yeah, it's it's insane. Like it's like if. If you took like the uh, like the like the art department from I don't know if you guys know this one Mystery Science Theater three thousand okay. that old show and then just like mix it in with Thunderbirds and it's just <laughs> ridic- and just ridiculous humor it's it's almost like um, oh, what's that movie uh, Team America yeah yeah okay yeah. puppets mm. <laughs> right without the pub with real life it looks like it's from twenty twelve and it is Aussie you were right. Okay. Interesting. I never heard of it. Like, I guess I was here when this came out. That's great. So, so sometimes we get real subtle and uh, yeah, it's our pop culture references. I have, I have a couple that I want to like spitball with you. Yeah. Uh, often it's only us that are but I want to do uh, you know old Greg. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, gotta show you old Greg, and then I love that. <laughs> well, you know what? It's like it's funnier that way because if people don't know, then it's like whatever. They just like got the beer and it's just called something and it is what it is. But if you know, you're just like, yo, this is like niche. And it's, uh, yeah. So, yeah, like, so we, you know, we do some main, like the Seinfeld one, obviously that's a little bit more mainstream. Of course. Um, but what we try to aim for is even if you don't know the reference, at least it's an acceptable standalone name. So, like, the yeah. ones that are like the home runs kind of, um, are the best of both worlds where it's a great standalone name, regardless if you know the reference. If you do, all the merrier. Okay. Um, Any examples? Uh, uh, so even like day off, right? Like, hey, how'd you like a day off or whatever, gotcha. right? So that one was like a fine name. First, mm-hmm. I guess thirst trap isn't really uh, um, like a. So it's so here we go. Down down by the river. Yes. Right? Like uh, that's one that we're going to get to. But did you guys know that reference, down by the river? It sounds familiar, but I don't know for sure. So that's uh, it's a classic. Um, Chris Farley Saturday Night Live skit where he plays Matt Foley, a motivational speaker. Okay. No bells ringing, eh? Okay, so that one, yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, that's like one of my favorite skits of all time. Okay. I, I, I think I was like probably like, I don't know what year that was. At least I was probably, I wasn't born. If And if I was, I was probably like two or three years old when I came out. And I know it. And it's something me and my friends used to quote in like high school. Oh yeah, I could probably so, like rhyme off that back that whole skit. Yeah, it's it's a good one. I'd, I'd watch it, guys, if you got a second. All right, I'm, I'm gonna pull it. I'll pull it up for later. So it's what just Chris Farley <laughs> down by the river skit. Yeah, yeah. It, I, if you just type in like 
Oh, I guess yeah. it's called like motivation. Matt speaker, Foley. Matt Foley, like anything. You just type it down by their. Oh, yeah, there it is. Sure I found it straight away. It came up immediately. It says, oh, it was uploaded in 2013, but I guess it was a lot older than that. Because I think he oh, passed yeah, it before then, right? Okay, sweet. 90s, early 90s. I just didn't watch. I, I, maybe because I grew up in Australia, I didn't get like SNL wasn't mm. easy to get, I don't think. So there's probably uh, some like North American stuff that I just would have inherently missed out on just because it's like. When, when did you come over again? 2010. Like mm. things so changed. Nice. Yeah. Like so here, you, once you're over here, you're kind of like completely everything's about North American culture. Even there, you you know, like you had all friends in Seinfeld and all that stuff in the 90s or whatever. But like just some things you just missed out on before globalization. Um, yeah. And even like, you know, the cable television there, I can't remember when we got it, but it was, must be the 90s. But I just don't think everything was on there. Or you had, you know, maybe SNL was, but it wasn't like something that anyone talked about. Like we watched Letterman a lot back in the day. They used to have Letterman on and stuff on like, you know, when you get high at night, like you come back and from somewhere and you just fucking lit and watching some bullshit on yeah. K, you know, that stuff like that. But I never really was an SNL fan. Even now I watch yeah. it and you're like, at best you're like, huh. like it's just not, it's not funny unless it's like Dave Chappelle or something. Yeah. I don't, I don't really watch SNL like episodes. Like I mean, I'm not sure I've never actually seen an episode start to finish to be honest, no. but, oh, wow. uh, or very few, but uh, there was a time when they might still do it, but they were just releasing a slew of, uh, the best of yeah. each person, so you'd watch like the best of Chris Farley or Dana Carvey or Will Ferrell or whatever, and so those ones I just dummied, and uh, that was my favorite to get of Chris yeah. Farley. And Chris Farley is the best one for sure. Yeah, they released those on DVDs, and like that's like that's what me and my friends would do. We'd, we'd waste the little money we had as teenagers at Blockbuster, <laughs> renting the best of SNL skits. Like I like like you say like. You can perform this one almost by heart. I think there's like five or six Will Ferrell skits that I'm just like, I oh, don't yeah. know. Yeah. Just rattle off. Yeah. Right. That's, pro the, the, that's probably like the best, uh, like oldest reference of uh, like of SNL that I uh, like that I have. Because um, similarly, I didn't really watch it growing up and there's only been like a handful of um, episodes that I've seen probably in the last uh in the last five to 10 years. But like what I do remember seeing back in uh, like back in my like late teens, early twenties is that DVD of like best of Will Ferrell. Like, like all of those, like all of those skits I remember. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I should go back. Actually. My favorite one's the one where he's a, he's a doctor and he's just trying to like gaslight these, these new parents being like, Hey, your baby, like, I don't know. Like my favorite quote, I guess so my my favorite Saturday Night Live quote is uh, is your father will no longer have what we in the medical community call a human face. <laughs> <laughs> no, our baby, our baby <laughs> shot. Daddy lost it. At, lost the baby at a fish concert. <laughs> I love. So, I, I gotta watch this. We talk pop oh culture all day, but I think you blame me for it sometimes. <laughs> it's sick that you guys are all i guess the whole squad's into this stuff because it comes through and like the like i don't know i feel like beer is like beer is usually pretty ridiculous but it's like that's a pretty cool angle to sort of always have these little subtle references where it's either well not so subtle or kind of subtle and like you feel like it's like an inside joke if you if you know it and uh 
and it's yeah. not super common. But then on the flip side, it's like if it's more the common one, it's just like, oh, this is like like you guys had it's like a you kind of pull it off classy. Even if you look at like this the day off what we're drinking right now, like it's just cool. Like it's if I would have actually stared at this for a second and, and re- I would have realized because that's clearly Matthew Broderick there on the front, like that's that's really cool. It's like an interesting approach, and it's like because you guys are just yapping about this, just riffing. Like, obviously, this is your shit. Like, you really dig it, and I feel like that's the most important thing you can do in beer. Like, oh, whatever yeah, you're into, genuinely, yeah, like, yeah. just like we'll come in off the street, and they're just like oh, you, yeah. you see them just like looking at the fridge, and also like a little chuckle, and they grab the down by the river or the dad bar or whatever. Like, I, I remember. Um, uh, we talk about this uh, collab that we just did. Yeah, yeah, uh, we did a collab with uh, uh, Stardust. Brendan came down. Nice. And um, right. so it's in the tank right now. Yeah, it's in the tank right now. P. You need to say it like that, or it doesn't count. Okay. The beer actually goes bad if you don't say it. But yeah, I think Brendan was talking about that. They were. I think Brendan was talking about that a couple weeks ago when we uh, were. Oh, right. yeah. 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 So he. We went to school with uh, Addy and Addy's class. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So they're good folks down there. Like we, I think I was there just to drink one time before, like in, in the summer before we mm-hmm. talked to the club, and maybe I don't know if I pitched it to them then, but yeah. So we had them down, and then we're maybe going to go back there one time. But um, that's awesome. Yeah, we're good people. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Oh, love them. They're the salt of the earth. Sounds oh, the, the best. best. Yeah, sounds the fucking best. Jimbo champion. Um, yes, uh, they yeah, love so you guys. Sam, they love you guys. Speaking about the reference thing, um, Sam made this beer called Sun in the Afternoon. It's just a pale ale. And one of the beers that Brent came down with, and I were looking, he's like, hey, I got all these beers for you guys to try. Hell yeah, we love that. And I'm looking at all of them, and I see this one, and I'm like, is that what I think it is? And he's like, well, I'm like, is that a weaker than lyric? Like, a weaker, the weaker than is just like a fairly niche Canadian like emo rock band from the mid 2000s that I grew up on and love. <laughs> and I was just surprised to see that. And yeah, it is like, that I guess, is. I guess. Wow. Sam's and I was just like, this is it. I'm going to keep this can forever. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to save it for a special time. Maybe I'll go on go home tonight and put on a weaker than this record and listen to it. And I walk away for half a second and I hear a crack and Abby immediately <laughs> opened it. And she's like, oh, you want to try it right now? I was like, no. <laughs> like, like, fine. That's nothing. <laughs> they ruined it. Oh, man. Yeah, my day was ruined. Yeah. That whole collab, I was just crying in so, the corner. Even a grumpy piece of shit ever since. Oh, <laughs> I have not forgiven. <laughs> Brendan hasn't sent you a six pack of that yet? He should. Yeah. If he's listening, Brandon, he should. <laughs> Donald, so no shit. I had that the other week, actually. We're at the OC. Do you guys go to the OCB uh, conference? No, no, uh, not this year. No, no, we went last year. Uh, there was a lot of, like, we were entering the LCBO last year. And there was a lot of LCBO talks and uh, just, like, things that we wanted to figure out. And so this year, we kind of just didn't really have an agenda. Like, there wasn't too much... Uh, to, yeah. to do like there are reasons for us to go in the yeah. past that's fair it was that we went that yeah well yeah usually that's the that's the mm. thing just go and that's the, just piss the it up if, if nothing. network hang out with uh, good people 
meet some folks. Yeah, it's uh, and plus from Kingston in Niagara Falls, it must be like five hours or something. That's a pretty of a hike. It's a trek. Yeah. It's a trek. Yeah. So I mean, you have to like part of it. So I mean, for me personally, like I've you know I got three little girls and busy calendar. So yeah, it's a lot. It was midweek. Easy to get in there. I got a roommate, and it's just as hard sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. I think next year is in Hamilton. You guys go? Yeah, we went. We did a we did a session for uh, LinkUp, which is our non nonprofit. Yeah, um, okay, yeah, that we have. So that was cool. So yeah, we just did a little little session. And it was funny because there was an LCBO session right after our session. So like, a bunch of people wanted to talk to us afterwards to ask the questions because they didn't do a question time, and then uh, probably half the room just like ran out right afterwards because they had to get to the LCBO session. <laughs> I think those were pretty popular as far as like. Obviously, that's what people want right now, right? So it's uh, it was cool. We hadn't been before. Um, we went to the Canada Beer Cup as well, which was uh, which was cool because they had that little ceremony. Um, all the winners saw a bunch of folks hadn't seen for a while, particularly since we've been like out here. Um, it was cool. I liked it. And the next year it's in uh, in Hamilton, which is much more convenient. Actually, you can just pop in right there, just take an Uber, and don't have to worry about uh, restricting the alcohol intake. So you know. Perfect. It was cool though. And people say it was nice just to sort of be in one place where everyone was just like walking around and like, uh, we didn't go both days. We just went to the cup on the one night and then the, our session on that day and walked around. But like, it's sort of, unless you sort of, like, I thought you'd bump into more people, but there was like, you mentioned the parties like town, Jeff from town ran a, um, there was an event at one, at one place with like punk bands or something. And like, I think that was the night everyone got like messed up. Okay. Was, yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be pretty fun, but yeah, it seemed it seemed positive. It's like a cool way, I think, just to kind of like uh, just before the slow season to kind of catch up with everybody and you know get some info if you need it, and and just as kind of like network and and also get yeah. Like, yeah 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 it's a good time. Then so, jam punk music? Not for me, no. Uh, I'm a hip hop dude, so we didn't go also because we had our session and we had to like finalize some stuff so i was like oh, i can't really justify like going out to all this when i know it would have got messy and uh i didn't really want to be i don't know punk music really loud probably i know my girlfriend wouldn't have liked it i not really that's my, my thing idea. that's your jam oh yeah. well, that's my like throwing in the mosh pit <laughs> my past three my back hurts but i will still you go do it i will I'll, I'll be broken again for the next <laughs> week. <laughs> it's really funny as a non, like I had this period, like call it about just under 15 years ago where I just decided I got a guitar. I played guitar since I was a kid, then discovered rap, but then I got a guitar again in like, I don't know, 2009. And then for like four years, I basically, I was just discovering everything. I told anyone who told me about anything, I'd listen to it, like emo, like death metal, mm -hmm. fucking like electro, like everything. I was going through all oh, the yeah. genres, indie rock and discovering stuff. And, um, I would just go in Melbourne. I would just go by myself to gigs. Cause all my friends were hip hop dudes. So I just go by myself to shows and just watch what I'd never seen a mosh pit in, in person before. I was like, what the fuck? Yo, if that happened at a hip hop show, there's going to be people getting stabbed or shot. Yeah. And these people are just jumping on each other. I even got my camera stomped on on one show because I was too close. And then knocked, yeah. someone knocked it out of my hand and I got stomped on. Didn't mean it. But it was like, it was just like, whoa. It was the, one of the biggest culture shocks. And that was like, the one I'm thinking of in Melbourne was just like a garage rock type of thing. Like it was 
not super heavy but then over here i went to like the metal metal shows and saw the like the the circle pits and then the one where they like separate them and they're like go and they just yeah. fucking run and just <laughs> like what are you doing bro it's so foreign and strange it's it's fascinating and and some of those guys would like you like i've i've formed bonds with people in those in those mosh pits just like screaming at the same song, just like slamming into each other. It's yeah. Same. And then like you fall over, you help each other up type of thing. Like oh, it's yeah, like a real on the pit. You gotta pick some you gotta pick them up. Which is very cool. So it was it, from the outside, it doesn't look like that. And then as I got to know it, what saw more things and talked to more people, they explained it to me. And then I was like, Oh, this is actually like it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I like it. Is this yeah, your gem, Nate? Is this your thing or is you're not this type of um, it used to be, like, like back in high school, that was uh, the, the, that was more my scene. Now, like now, I'm more like I'm more of a chill indie rock guy, uh, like kind of guy. Um, but like I'll I'll dabble in uh, like in most genres. But uh, but but yeah, my my punk days are behind me. <laughs> no mush bits for you. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, I'll still get all the shows, but I. I'm, I'm listening to like folk rock when I'm driving. Like, <laughs> if, if, if I'm listening to punk music, I either have to be like throwing something or at a show. Like that's, that's so, pro- so probably not at work then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. one or two things. Yeah, canning days. Yeah, <laughs> they made a controlled space for me. Where it's just like yeah, it's but you go for a throwing area. <laughs> I love it. This is awesome. Um, shall we do the next one? I think yeah, it's time. Yeah, I think this is the uh, yeah. This is the divider beer. This the 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 reset the palate beer. Yeah, this is this is the to break it up. I have a feeling. I double check here that I think we might have. Did we have this on the last podcast, or have I just had this beer? No, no. I we can didn't. tell. I, I I was I was thinking about this while we were talking earlier. I can tell you all three beers that we had like that we had on the last pod. Okay. Uh, it was so it was crunchy groove the carrot oh, beer the carrot the bright, oh, like, yeah. like the bright orange carrot one yeah um i it was there was also uh, like there was also an uh, like a cider one like like, yes, like kind of like yellow. a like a blend sort of thing and i don't remember the name of that oh. one and then there was the uh the coffee oh. stout oh okay yes got this for closers so the side yeah that's the one probably- that's the one yeah friend was that the the cider one was it in a was it in a clear yeah uh, yes. Mil yes swing top yep, yep. Bottle? yes yeah i think you said specifically to hang on to the second bottle to like age it for a bit i think i still have it in my cellar oh yeah i'd be curious because i haven't had that beer in forever yeah i should i should bring it up it could be an excuse oh well we do have some of what i uh um maybe Maybe for the next one, uh, is we've done our dandelion beer every year since we opened, Hell and yeah. so we still we still have some 2020 750 ml bottles of dandy with like the wax around the cap, Ooh. and I just the other day, and it is phenomenal right now. Okay, nice. Do you know what the other one? So I looked when I had throwing shade right now. I had this de- December 2021, which means I grabbed it when I came and saw you. Um. I think at the time there was a pumpkin porter. Does that sound right? Ooh, yeah, so Sandy Claus. 
okay i think you actually gave me two bottles and you said the same thing you go hang on to one and drink one now and i did exactly what you told me with all this stuff so i whatever i have i have to i could double check if i go take a piss i'll I'll look on the way out Um, i'll bring in what i got but i definitely kept a couple of things because i like to keep things for you know a little bit of time and see what's popping um i love that that's super fun and particularly to hear that you did that recently that's great yeah so last year uh one of our employees who has moved on um He's got a job in his field, chemical engineering. But so Nathan, he uh, he had aged a bottle of the Sandy Claus for a year, and we tried it side by side last year's Sandy Claus. Mm-hmm. So this would have been last year. Mm-hmm. So we had a uh, Sandy Claus from two years ago and a Sandy Claus from last year side by side. And the one from the like that had been aged for a year was also just phenomenal. Like like everything about it. So it's a pumpkin porter. I think it's got cinnamon and. It's some, it's some like nice holiday spice mix, but, and, and it is, so I can't remember. It's a cinnamon for sure. And then there's one other thing. Maybe it's, it, maybe it is nutmeg and not vanilla, but so it is, uh, like the, the year, the one that has been aged for a year was just amazing. Like I find like when you age a dark beer, um, it like, so some of the, like, roasty bitterness flavors mellow out a little bit mm-hmm. and then become yep. this like dried f- fruit like raisin or prune or it kind of gets that characteristic and that just let like the spices just like um were present but were just like delicately balanced mm-hmm. and it was just a great beer so we and usually that beer like we release it in october um and as long as we time it right then we release it the, at the beginning of october but then it, it, it's great. So like darker beers, stouts, porters are just typically slower movers um, in general. I, mm-hmm. I feel like for a lot of places, but for, for us anyways, like we'll release them and it could be the best beer in the world and it's going to just move slower than an IPA no matter what we do. Um, right, right. And so what we did was we, last year we brewed a bunch, but we set aside some to save for this year and we just released it and it was like my favorite beer on our beer board. It was just Great. So we did. It's gone. Like it didn't. Yeah, it didn't, yeah, it did not last past October. But I think it only lasted like it was yeah, there like for maybe weeks, maybe? two weeks. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, yeah. It was really good. That's fascinating. I'd be curious, I'd be curious how it tastes after uh, three Honestly, years. Probably. Yeah. Great. I'll go. I want to sip this beer and talk about this for a second. But then I'm just gonna like. The cellar's like just right there. So I'm just going to grab all the stuff and just we'll talk about it a bit more because that's kind of fun. Um, this is amazing. This is a black lager. Uh, yeah. 5.4. Yeah. Gentlemen, cheers. Cheers. Cheers, yeah. So this one is um, – this is Hell one that yeah. we've been doing for years. And this is a – like a we're, – we're thinking about – like so right now we've got like three mainstays, but we're thinking about like sort of upping that a little bit more again and this one i think mm-hmm. is going to be a uh one that is going to be potentially year-round just because mm-hmm. this is like mm-hmm. it's a I, like i always describe it as a light even though it's 5.4 even though it's a dark beer to me it's still like yeah. a light, light in body it's refreshing it's approachable and it's just light in flavor yeah. maybe. like it's got a it's got like a nice robust like flavor that you'd want from a darker beer without being like overwhelming maybe yeah yes it's not not overused word but like uh 
um, crushable. I, I could sit down and I could drink a six pack of these, no I problem, have. and I wouldn't and I yeah. wouldn't get sick of it. Whereas maybe that would be the same story yeah. with a full on stout or I think this. I th- yeah, I think a bogger or like a dunkel or like they're very overlooked when it comes to being the, the darker option for brewery. Like a lot of breweries yeah. in the scene, they're like they always have their darker beers. It's, it's usually a stout or a porter. Or I guess technically but, this just be like a Schwartz beer and not yeah. too yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. That's just basically yeah. that. Basically it. Yeah. Exactly what it is. But uh, like it's a nice, uh, a nice change from like the whole stouter porter because you can, it's light enough that people can still enjoy this in the summer, but it still has the robust like roasty chocolatey flavors. That's good in the winter. That it's it's yeah. great in the winter. Like you can, I would yeah. drink these. Around. I could. I wouldn't stop. I'm not going to stop. <laughs> Don't you dare. Yeah. Yeah. This is like, not that I, and oh, n- not that me. I wouldn't drink this in the summer, but like right now with the, like with the temperature, like with the temperature dropping and here in mm. Ottawa right now, there's a bit like, like there's a bit of snow on the, uh, like on the ground. Definitely. Like definitely oh. a nip in the air. Uh, like this is perfect for right now. Like you're saying, the uh, like the roastiness to it is like it's just comforting. Like there's something there's something really nice about that, and like I'm finding this delightful. Like in this season right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think it works. Like we have we have like diehard fans of this beer that like are drinking it in 30 degree weather, and though I wouldn't say it's my first choice in that kind of heat. like. Hey, I. I understand it. I, I would if it was only beer. Yeah. beer not even if it was the beer available. If there's many other beers available, I do this over an IPA hot day. So you know, like there's, there's like a. I feel like even though I'm not the brewer, I don't develop the recipes or make them. Like uh, with it, like I don't know, you you might feel this way about some beers, but like you might drink them and like it could be a great beer, but you're like ah like next time I'm going to dial up this or dial down this. Like when I drink this beer, I would change absolutely nothing. Like no. this is just, I think mm. just like a perfect read for me. So Addy, Addy brewed this batch and she is very proud about how it came out. She's like, I think this is the best one. Yeah. I think it killed, killed it. And I'm like, I, I have, I've only tried one other batch besides this one, but I have to agree. I tend to agree. Yeah. It's, 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 it's fantastic. It's and I agree wholeheartedly that black lagers are completely like fronted on from breweries. as like their dark option. They're just like you guys were saying, like the Nate, as I sort of read out, I heard you say that the, uh, you know, whilst it works year round, like right now is perfect for it. And I couldn't agree more, but I would absolutely drink this like mid July as well. And they're like they're like you said as well. Excuse me, Rachel. It was like it's robust and it's roasty, but it's still like it's it's deceivingly light in flavor, whilst being crushable and full flavored at the same time. Like it's not this big. It's not a porter. It's not a stout. It's not like punching you in the tongue type of thing. It's like it's super balanced and super smooth. And it's kind of like I feel like this is one of the best types of lagers that exists. Yeah, I find. The people who can drink a stout like a Guinness mm-hmm. in the middle of the summer are a different breed. Like not mm-hmm. not to use a, yeah, a dramatic word, but like I find drinking a, a Guinness in the summer oppressive. Like it is <laughs> raw for me. I am 
I'm I'm out halfway through the pine. Oh no, yeah, no, not me. Yeah, and Guinness is for uh, like is four and a half percent. Uh, mm -hmm. It, but like, but like, uh, but, but I, I feel you though. Like it, it drinks a bit, a bit thick. And uh, but the, the, the reason Craig and I are both laughing right now is that uh, like our, our good friend Noah, who does, uh, like who does the blog Beerism, uh, like in Quebec. Um, mm -hmm. it, like he's a big imperial stout guy, and it, like and he, and he loves to, to like to talk about the fact that he's one to crush not just a Guinness, but like a ten percent imperial coffee stout yeah, at well, three o'clock on a like on a man. July afternoon, like no problem. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have a friend, uh, I have a friend Nick Francis. He's a brewer over at uh, Thousand Tons Brewing in Brockville, and he's the same way. I will, we will go out for a beer when he comes to visit me at Kingston or vice versa. And he will, yeah, again, at least, but like, he'll be like, uh, what's the Imperial IPA? What's the triple IPA? And like, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm sweating through my shirt. I'm getting, yeah. like, I don't care if it's the only logger on tap. I'm getting that Molson Canadian. Cause he's, not <laughs> like, and he's like, yeah, give me the highest, <laughs> heaviest he has. Some so people are into that. It's oh, yeah. it's yep. funny to see. I made a. You're right. They're, they're they're a breed of their own. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. I tried to take inspo from him. So no, the joke was because he gets up early. He's got kids. I don't. I'm a vampire. So like him drinking at 3 p.m. or whatever, as Nate said, is like hilarious to me because I haven't even had breakfast by then. So like mm -hmm. the I started doing uh, like big beer Wednesdays where all I drink is I usually would fit two in because I don't drink anything else. But I had anything basically more than 10%, like whatever it's a barley wine or imperial stout, because my cellar was getting absurd, and there's no time What do you, if I'm going to have four beers what are you going to do? You're not going to pop a 10%er on that fifth beer, so it's not happening um, so I, the only way for me to get through it is to have one night and that's the night that I've made for it and I've been loved, doesn't matter if it's July or January it's uh, it's worked out pretty sick not in the middle of the day, but even if it's a warm night, like I don't know didn't seem to bother me it's just kind of like it's interesting because it's the one yeah. time you just gotta like you know get your teeth into yeah. this type of beer where otherwise i'm just like they're just gonna sit there and die a slow death in in some room <laughs> that's when you appreciate them like yeah you had to put like oh, and i do it at the, yeah, yeah 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 it's the only way to do it yeah um i just went into the cellar just then so i found i had like a, a full out uh like a aisle well, not aisle, what do you call it? Just like a, a, a one little row is the oh, word I'm looking for of, of some duff. So the first one that Nate, you were talking about was this bad boy here. The friend is exactly what you said, Adam, oh, the, the, cider. the cider ale. So looking at the bottom there, it's got the, the chunks have all sort of gone down. So I don't know. Is this like, this is two years old. Everything is two years old, max. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So culture there. Yeah. We've done that the summer. So that's probably like, yeah, two and a half years old yeah. from the time we brewed it probably. Two and a half. <laughs> You guys are crazy. Um, well, I'd be really curious how that one tastes. Okay, that one that one it looks great. Like it still looks super bright and like and and beautiful there. Um, I actually forgot about this one, but the the crunchy because I think we had two two uh, of each. <laughs> so that that's that's uh, that's Ryan's carrot beer. Oh yes, yeah. I got a few bottles yeah, of that. So that's uh, spruce ginger and carrot. <laughs> yeah, what was Which it? Is, Spruce. And spruce, spruce, yeah. Which is pretty wild. 
Um, that one looks like it's got it like looking at the in front of the light here. Well, it's, I wouldn't say it's like chunks like the other one, but there's like some floaty shit, which is it's very very. It's just like it looks actually pretty damn cool in the light, but it's like a it's super tiny particles. That 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 beer is a incredible and also an incredibly unique color, if nothing else. Oh, right? it is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. like, bright, bright, bright orange. orange. Mm. Yeah, and like uh, I remember. Like the, the taste, but it's like the carrot, you kind of like ferment away a lot of the sugars and it kind of just leaves you with an earthy taste. Yeah. And then the spruce and ginger, like it really, it a lot, a lot, yeah. So, like a lot of people, like it was definitely a polarizing beer. It was one that a lot of people tried because it kind of looks cool and it's interesting. I thought you guys were saying that. Yeah. Some people loved it, some people didn't. Um, but to me, it tasted, and I think the best comparison is it almost tasted like a, a health food drink. Like, it <laughs> like, kind of, yeah. like, like yeah, I maybe yeah. that could have just been like a mental association thing where because of the ingredients, that's what you would think to begin with. So you're like pre-primed to go in that direction. But that's sort of what it reminded me of. I think um, at the time that that came out, um, I, th- I think at one point we had like a trade of ing- ingredients when I was at Stone City. Yeah. Or like we needed something or you need something. Either way, trade hands, some thank you beers for traded and we got a bottle of the, the crunchy, crunchy groove. yeah the crunchy groove and it was i think it was one of those things like everybody was like this is crazy i gotta like i gotta pour some for everyone like, yeah. let's all try this let's see what we think and everyone was like mm, i don't think so and i was like more for me man huh? yeah, you like it, yeah. yeah i drank that whole bottle like that after work yeah. <laughs> after work yes always that's another that's a that's a Ryan named beer, but settle yeah. South Park reference. They're at like uh, uh, like a, hip, a hippie concert, and they're listening to a song. And he's like Crunchy Groove, and <laughs> like that ties into the sort of like a hippie beer yeah. and all the carrots and stuff. That's yeah. awesome. South Park is the goat. Um, What's the other one? We got there? Okay, I got I got five here actually. Um, oh, never nude. Okay. The sour sop, okay. yeah. the sour sop. Yes, so that's looking that's looking pretty pretty damn sweet right now. So that once again is also from I think that first pod, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, nope, that wouldn't have been the, the, the it wasn't. first one. We, uh, like, we only had the cr- like the crunchy groove, the friends, and the coffee is for closers. Oh, which is this one? Which is the second? So one. So that must have been like so that other one must have been from your visit. Okay, gotcha. Nate, you got a friend. So that one's, probably, that one's probably aged okay as well, or coffee one. Okay. Um, I, yeah. I might even have some. The smell is in my vanilla, actually. Oh, yeah. I think I don't know if it's the same. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, they're in my throwing zone. Uh, they got <laughs> um, but that one, yeah. So, like, the coffee, I feel like, flavor deteriorates a little bit. And it, again, becomes mm-hmm. a little bit more like dried fruity and yeah i find like the bitterness of the coffee definitely mellows out when you get more of those like broader notes of like like acidic citrus or we actually have that beer in the tank it's about released actually they're about yeah uh, they're they're gonna package that next week and then we haven't done this in a while but we're gonna bust out our nitro top again so we're gonna put that on nitro next week nice hell yes oh yeah, we haven't had a nitro beer in a while. Nitro is awesome, yeah. particularly for coffee yeah. beers. Coffee on nitro is just money. It's exactly what you want. Oof, yeah. Um, and then of course the Sandy Claus, which was the 
2021 uh, version. Yeah. I would say, I would bet that that's going to be the beer that um, aged the best out of all of us. Okay. I'm going to put these in the fridge after this. I'm going to drink them uh, on the weekend. These, but at least the coffee that these two, I mean, these are like super crowded. It's like 6% and 5.5. Five. So these are super, like, super chill. Um, I'm glad we talked about this because I thought, you know what it's like when you got to sell it? You just have stuff and you're like, Bro, when, when we did that last part in Montreal, the shit was out of control. It was just the um yeah. I had too much I had just too much going on. So it's uh now I'm here and I've got a space for them. When I was in Montreal, I had like no space for anything. It was a one bedroom apartment. Yeah. So now I have a house, I have a, a place for everything, so it's much nicer. So I can actually see what I have and just be selective. So I'm gonna pop these in the fridge tonight and uh well, yeah, let us know how uh how they oh, yeah. uh taste or- Actually, you know what? I'll put them, place them in the background for the next few photos, just so people can see that little little uh, Easter yeah. egg there. Um, but that's sick, man. I really was, uh, aside from all this, very happy to hear that the throwing shade would be some sort of a um, uh, year rounder. I think that's uh, that's great. Yeah, no, yeah, that's I'm great. It's do people react? Like I remember uh, doing the pod back in the day, like five years ago, with um, Silversmith, and they then. You know, obviously their flagship is a uh, black lager, and they were always like they were saying just how much it's a constant struggle to just convince people that it's it's okay. And once they try it, they're like, oh, okay. You know, people like it's just scared by dark beers. Um, do you have a similar thing where people are a little maybe intimidated to try something like this? Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of people, especially if they're just starting to get to get into craft beer, like. They just drink it casually. They they want they want to drink something they know, right? But um, I, I I think we've got a good combination of like both. Like we've been talking about like a great name that like, especially like it's it's vernacular in like today's. I'm gonna sound old by saying this, but in today's youth, um, <laughs> don't worry. People are gonna like laugh at it, but. Um, also, the fact that we have like a really good front house staff that like are pretty good at like selling those beers and okay, to, like at least getting people to try them. But like, yeah, you can um, like we have no problem selling it to uh, to um, like licensees. We okay. like I, th- I think almost half the tank of our last batch, like finished tank went to licensees. I think it was like 10 or 12 30 liter kegs, which is a lot for us off one batch. So how, yeah, the throwing shade. Yeah. 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 So it's super um, popular even outside the brewery. Oh yeah. Like people seem to love it. I think, I think we're actually going to rush to brew it again. Exactly. Was, yeah. Uh, like a handful of, cause we haven't had it for a bit. Um, we're doing a double batch next week. Yeah. I think we, cause we, we were probably like half a year between brewing it this mm-hmm. match to the, the one we did last. Right. And then, uh, and then, yeah, there's like a handful of other licensees that are packing it up yeah. full time over the winter. So. Hell yeah, yeah. man. It's such a good yeah. choice. It's just like it complements all your other stuff, I guess, because it's, it's, it's different and it's like, there isn't many other breweries doing them, unfortunately. And regular. Yeah. And I, I think we have like, like I was saying about like, like Salesforce, it's really one guy. But uh, Damien, the guy on the can. Yes. Um, but like With he, he did a really good job at like just like like convincing people like give it a shot or like just 
try it for a bit. Like you will have a good following for this beer. Mm. Yeah, it moves. It does. Like for a darker beer, like it's like this probably moves two or three more times faster than a stout would for us. Oh, for sure. Interesting. Is that what I'm curious? Like, is that just semantics? Because it's called a black lager. Is, is it like people are familiar with it and they like it because it's lower as a part? Like, you know, v- visually it looks almost identical to a stout. Like, what's the differentiation mm-hmm. in the consumer's mind? I I honestly think it might go the other way. Like, less people are seeing the lager and more right. people are seeing the black, thinking like, oh, it's a dark beer. Be, I've had people that like that. Well, like uh, I, I love it when a customer comes in and they say they don't like something because then immediately all I want to do is give them that our thing. version of that thing and see if we can well, convert yeah, it. But you sure? So, so yeah. So <laughs> just, a lot of people come in and they they say they don't like dark beers or, mm. or they don't like stouts, but then they'll try this and they'll actually quite enjoy it just because it's you know it's not what they expect, right? Because I'd like to to us. Uh, like a lot of people that drink craft beer would maybe be familiar with the style or whatever, but like there's still a huge chunk of people that associate dark beer exclusively with Guinness. And they think that in their mind, they're going to have a meal if they have a dark beer. Yeah. Uh, and then this just is like, that could be that beer that, you know, yeah. shows them another otherwise. There's right? less of a meal, more of an amuse-bouche. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> amuse-bouche. Wow. I haven't heard that for a while. <laughs> Big ups Quebec. No, you're right. It's uh, and it's the funniest thing. All the talk about Guinness. Like I had one. I, Nate, were we? Talk, I don't know if we were talking about this on a pod, but I swear I was, we were talking to somebody about Guinness somewhat recently. And Guinness tastes like nothing. Like it's whenever yeah. I have one. Yeah, we were. I think this was. I, I think this was probably with John Romano that we were talking about. There. Okay, that makes sense. And like, I think it's. I think it's great. I'm not even like disrespecting, but it like you know, it tastes like nothing. It's like. And and it's but it's so scary because it's so like opaque. It's completely opaque. It's got that microfoam head, and you're just like, oh, what is this thing? Um, and it's it's the least. It, once you actually sip it, it's the least scariest thing of all time. And I guess once people yeah, try like, a good Schwartz beer, it's you know same thing. Flavor wise, it is the, the, like it is one of the mildest beers you could get. <laughs> I, I Budweiser tastes more. There's more flavor in a Budweiser than a Guinness, arguably. Or am I being ridiculous? No, I think I think you've got a point. Like I was, and it's most disrespectful to the Guinness, just to make it clear. No, I, I like no, Guinness. They're, they're trying to make something that like everyone in the world will enjoy. Like it really like expands the globe. Mm. I don't think I've ever like I can't say I'm like the biggest world traveler, but I don't think I've ever been to a place that didn't have like, like at least I didn't see a sign for Guinness. Maybe there's a bar that didn't have yeah. it. Obviously, but like, there hasn't been a, a city or a country that I've yeah, been to that yeah, doesn't have Guinness. Be huge. Yeah. So yeah, I and think it's I think it's part of like how they get to that point where it's like, hey, we're going off our name and our history and the fact that this thing looks insane to the untrained eye. Like this beer is nothing. Like you think beer, you think gold, fluffy head. This thing is the exact opposite. It is the tank beer world. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Like in terms of heaviness, and so, yeah, I can, I can definitely see them like having to be like, well, it doesn't taste like a lot. So there's that. Like you might like it. That's what yeah. makes it a lot. Yeah. Of- 
And yeah, it's, it like, and tr- truthfully, it's the benchmark of a nitro stout. Like mm-hmm. that's what, uh, like what, like when you have a nitro stout, that's what you're aspiring to from a uh, like from a texture and appearance yeah. perspective. Yes. I don't think I've ever heard a nitro beer that Guinness hasn't been in the conversation at some point. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I had um someone, I can't remember who it was. Someone gave me a couple cans recently of Bellhaven, which is like a same shit, but like a porter, if I'm not mistaken. And mm. it's like 4.5 or something like that. And I had one recently and it was exactly like Guinness. It's the same type of thing. It was it tasted like not much, uh, inoffensive like mild roastiness same type of thing super tasty you know whatever but just super chill um i think there's a huge i love i feel like craft wise there isn't as many i don't know if i'm maybe i'm maybe i'm bullshitting here i was gonna say there isn't as many like low abv like four to five percent uh low abv stouts maybe four to six percent no i don't think there is is that fair to say yeah yeah i feel like i like a four point five, Nate was just saying. Is that correct, Nate? Four point five. I I I think it's four five. Let me double check in the okay uh, Guinness. But yeah, uh, yeah. Like while you're checking that, like I can uh, like I can probably think of fewer than five off the top of my head, uh, like craft breweries that have done like a dry Irish stout, uh, like, like whether it's like whether it's nitro or not. It's not uh, you know it's not the most common. Right. Yeah. 4.2. So if you think about that, even just think in the concept context of craft beer, 4.2 is hella low. Um, yeah. And I feel like there's like a, in the typical way, aside from that night when I was telling you, I have to have the big beers. Cause that's the only way I'm going to drink them. If I'm going to have a normal night, you're having a crispy, you're having an IPA, a West coast, a double IPA, something like that. And I always like to finish on either a sour or a stout. And if I'm feeling frisky, both, but like the stout that I would finish on, would be somewhere between four and six percent, and I, I always like to try and keep something along those lines uh, on hand for that. And I, I'm I'm not always able to do it, particularly with the darker beers, because I just don't see a, t- a ton. Yeah, like, and this is something that te- technically I would drink this in. In if I, I always start off with some sort of crispy, like the black lager is exactly that to me. I would start with this, to be honest. Um, Though this would also fulfill the the needs uh, that I'm looking for at the end of the night if I want to finish on something low ABV but just completely different flavor profile than than what I've been drinking. Maybe have if I'm feeling you know once you had that many beers you want a little chocolate or some shit with it you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just feel like that it's not that, as, as prevalent as maybe maybe they should be. Maybe they're not as popular. I, I don't particularly know why. I think they're fantastic, and I would I would drink them reg- more regularly if I was able to get my hands on more. But I, maybe that like. I guess you guys are saying like I'm not mistaken in that they're just not super common, which is uh, a bit so of a shame. Here's, here's one of my just guesses, just like yeah, yeah. thinking about now as we're talking is um, it's my understanding like so we're not the only brewery uh, that would let's say release a stout mm-hmm. and it's not going to be the fastest mover. So again, it could be the best stout in the world, but it would still move slower than IPA or Lightwater or something like that, and so. Um, and stout usually associated with the winter months, right? As opposed to summer, less people want to drink stout in the summer, but in the winter months, people want, if they want darker beer, they typically also want a fuller bodied, higher alcohol beer mm. in the winter. And so because you're getting the seasonality of 
winter associated with higher alcohol um, and less stouts in the summer, which would be like a lower alcohol lighter. So maybe that's one of the reasons why it's just the season yeah, of it. Yeah, I right? think that really makes sense. Majority of it. Like the only other thing I could think of, like it's just that to get the kind of bigger that Guinness is, you have to like really lower your efficiency. And that's I mean, from a cost cost standpoint, it's not the worst thing, but like if you're trying to if you're trying to make this beer a uh, mainstay, which a lot of breweries do with their stouts, just mm. to have that darker option kind of doesn't make sense to like play with that. So most yeah. people put in put it keep it in the right uh, like temperature and just have a five point five and say, Hey, we tried. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's fair. Sure, the alcohol is a lot higher, but you have the same body, you have the same flavor, or probably more flavor. I totally feel that. That's both of those reasonings are, are pretty damn fair. But I mean, like you guys did both these beers, you know, the ones I have in bottles here, the, the Coffees for Closes and Sandy Claws are both exactly what I'm talking about, though. Like, that's the exact type of beer I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. you know, like an oatmeal stout or a light coffee stat would be amazing but yeah you're right see the people want the boozy stuff in the winter and the summer they're not really into it so it's like where does it fit in you could probably argue a brown ale would also scratch that same itch that i'm looking for like you know brown ale porter or, or oatmeal stout type yep. of thing here and there like the ones i'd probably drink the most is is sankey and baron in in quebec have like a nice uh brown ale um which i i really enjoy but there's not yet. And I think actually I had this, their oatmeal stout, which is also, you mentioned 5.5. It was exactly that fiddle. Uh, I had that the other, like on the weekend. Um, yeah. And I just feel like, yeah, there's just not too many, but yeah, that makes sense. It's a shame because it's almost like, where does it fit in? And if a brewery is going to do it, do they want to sit on <laughs> all of these cans and kegs for, for it, you know, forever? I mean, I guess it's a very particular type of drinker then is what we're, we're, we're probably saying. Yeah. So we like uh, in a perfect world, we try to maintain a, a beer board that is reasonably balanced so that if somebody comes in, like some people just love dark beers. So we try and like, we try and check every box with the options that we have available. So we have, I'm going to say up to 14 beers we have on tap at any given time. And we usually okay. don't have less than six or seven, I would say. Yeah. It's usually the... um, and so no matter what, we always try to check the dark box off. So whether it's a stout or, Throwing shade, if it becomes mainstay, then we'll have that like sort of box checked no matter what. Gotcha. Yeah, that'll that'll definitely hit the spot. And uh, it's good good to know just even just from like an understanding uh, point that the Black Lager does sell better than something like a, a Stout or a Reporter. And, and it does make sense. Like you said, people see the word Lager and immediately are maybe soothed by that. And the Black doesn't scare them until they see it. They're like, no, 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 try it. And then they try it and like, ah, fuck, this is great. Um, yeah, this is fantastic. I am polishing this off, and I'm like, I know we got two yeah, minutes to great. go. Um, yeah, a long yeah, yeah, that one went down real quick. Oh, shit, you should have said yeah, something. And let's go. Let's do it. Let's go, Chinway. Oh, that's one of my favorite words. Have you been to Australia? Yeah. Not many people know that. No, but um, me and a few friends, we have this, like, this, we are fans of this Australian comedy group, and we... What are they called? Uh, uh Auntie Dawn. I just saw them like two weeks ago here in Toronto. I was at that show. That what it was did you go to the seven PM or the two PM? Uh I went to the seven PM. Same. Oh man, I wish I fucking knew. It was amazing, huh? 
Oh, it was hilarious. And even like I, I'd seen some of those skits before because I saw their show. Yeah, the they did the um. Oh, okay. Like in and, previous years, like, there's a couple of them that were the same, but like holy. They hell, did the um in the kiln one. I've seen the I video version on, of that. I just love the fact that they're just it's better on film. And I was like, oh, that was hilarious. And yeah, they were just so. I didn't know what to expect because it's like improv comedy. Like I know this yeah. is like kind of kind of half a comedy podcast tonight. Um. Yeah. It was it was so like I didn't know what to expect at all. It was so ridiculous, and I I didn't because the way they they're from Melbourne too, so like yeah. the way they talk is so specific to how we rock. And I don't know if everyone understands. And particularly, we don't say it on here anymore. But the c word is my favorite word of all time, and <laughs> the way that. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I remember this coming up because this was a, a point of contention, maybe or a point of conversation. It was in the last one. Yeah, I wish it wasn't, but it, uh, it's a, it's a, we can talk about it now. It's no problem, but I just don't say it anymore because a few people got upset back in the day and like whatever. I'll stop and say I have another podcast <laughs> where we just bombard the c word. It makes me feel so good. So here I'm. I, uh, I, I showed uh, Addy the other brewer there. Um, I'll just do the. I'll just do the thing. I'm sure you'll get it when he, when he goes like, like, "Don't be such a." Yeah. <laughs> he, says, he says the word. He says the word. It's, uh, it's beautiful. It's just like such a funny, <laughs> ridiculous, like quick joke, but it's something that we've adopted in the brewery now. Me oh, yellow busting it out. Oh, that that warms my. Just every once in a while, it's like it's come up, and okay. but it is. It's like it's, those guys are it's just the way they said I just didn't I was very happy to see it translate, I guess is what I'm saying. I wasn't sure oh. if that type of humor and the and the the approach to that would actually work outside of the country because it's so highly specific, but maybe the internet and you're seeing all of the Nari videos and all those things where people seem to like <laughs> enjoy the Aussie stuff that we yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't go. Like I know people who talk like that. We used to make there's this lady called Linda who worked for my parents. We owned a shop when we were kids. And she used to say, I don't know. And I was just like, why is she talking like that? And <laughs> later on, the internet <laughs> explains it all. And like, I, I don't know. It's, it's I very good. Like a, like a five minute Instagram video of like, like an, like an Australian, uh, like ranting about that and be like, I know, I, I feel it's, it's like very, like it's, it's still an Australian accent. But it's very like, it's almost like the poshest Australian accent I've ever heard. Talking okay. about like, I how like she doesn't appreciate people like like making fun of the accent and and doing the gnar and she's like and at the end she's just like I just don't gnar why do you do that <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's like it's so funny to me now not being around it like I love it and it makes me sort of very happy that the rest of the world kind of gets it because it feels like such an insular thing to laugh at like it's just not that funny but like. There- yeah, it's very good. I like it. There's, there's a, uh, there's still an Australian saying that I've been told by a few different Australians that it is a saying. Okay. But I don't think I ever believe it. I feel like it's just a whole con and being like, let's fuck with these guys. Okay. Talk uh, to me. But, the, um, the spiders. We're not, we're not here to fuck spiders. Nobody <laughs> says that ever. I learned that here. I lived there for I 29 years. <laughs> it's not real. No, I have five or six people be like, yeah, no, we say that all the time. I got a mate there now who I met since I'd lived over here. 
and he says it to me all the time, but I kind of just feel like they're saying it because the internet said it. Mm-hmm. Like it's not mm-hmm. like I've never heard a human being say that in the time I lived there consecutively. Like, you know, and I have to say, I did wish it was real because that's it's funny, funny as fuck. It's very funny. It makes zero sense, but we do have a lot of spiders. <laughs> so it's, uh, it, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, hey, just, I've, that'd be a good beer name. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been in a situation where I'm like, you know what? I might fuck a spider. So, in truth, I'm not here. Until you see like a spider that's big enough, then you're uh-huh. like, like a huntsman, we, they were around. Like, and when you squish yeah, them. Right. They ruin the drywall. That's that's very inconvenient. They're not fun to see around, and you definitely got to murk them, even though they don't hurt you. But they're kind of scary. You see, like, ah, oh, my brother, like, fuck, bro, it's, a, it's just it's just something that's too big to be crawling around your house. It's mm-hmm. it's a little intimidating. Now I've been here for thirteen years, so now if I saw one, I'd be like, I'll kill anything. It's okay, but I'm like, ah, oh, I gotta deal with that now. It's like, I like you know. And it's funny that the ones that are this big will kill you, but the huntsmen that are as big as your palm are like essentially harmless from what I understand. But they're terrifying looking at them. I see them on the internet now. I'm like, oh, wow, we just used to kill them like it was nothing. It was just, they were just around, but we didn't live. Like if you're in the city, every time I've gone back since, I've never seen them. And my girlfriend mm-hmm. from here comes back over there and she's terrified of spiders, obviously. Like most people are, I guess. And she's never seen anything here. I feel like I see more bugs here. They, the bugs here are way more annoying. There they'll kill you. Here they're annoying. I feel like I'm, the, yeah. it's relentless. Right now we're in the midst of a ladybug infestation. They're everywhere. Oh, and yeah. then mm-hmm. pre- previous to that, gnats. Previous to that, the uh, box elder bugs. There's little beetles that are black and red that are from yeah. some neighbor has a maple tree and there's box elder bugs everywhere. Like I just feel like there's like things or you, where you have- like or you go through or like or you just go through like the, the fall session when the wasps are running at, like are wasps. running out of food and they're just fucking they're just relentless. Stupid. Yep, it's like it, I feel like yeah. it's it's different yeah. levels of annoyances. Like because Australia, right. they're like weeks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the what? I got stung by a wasp on the back of my like on the back of my knees. Yeah, 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 I was talking to someone and it was like it flew like up inside of my pants. Oh, and I, I could just kind of feel something, and then yeah, and then the fucker st- like uh, stung me, like right at the Ooh. like where my leg bent the inside. The knee pit. Yeah, the knee pit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, how was that? That's rough. That's eh? brutal. Oh, it sucks. Oh. I kind of always appreciate being stung once in a while because I'm like, oh, great. I'm not allergic still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. I went all my life and I turned 28 and uh, all of a sudden I'm allergic. I'm like, it's going to be me. Just know yeah. I'm going to go on a hike hey, you're in a wet pan or something and just get stung. Like, I just swell up. Dude, you will become oh, shit. Okay. Well, then I hope I get stung. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, fellas. all right, beer. Sorry, uh, so we're distracted. We still, we still got two more beers to get through, so we need to like we need to go to West Coast Town right now. We need to do the Chris Farley thing down by the uh, river. Oh, dude, we we need to do <laughs> <laughs> I've got okay. Well, Craig and I need right. to get into the men. Oh, you guys busted open. Oh shit! Sorry, boys. We were just yapping, yeah, yeah. just enjoying so the conversation. Been, uh, Tell us. We got a spare. We keep So the joke of this one is we're gonna pair it with. Uh, Government cheese. That's from just from the from the skits. We do a lot of beer and cheese pairing stuff at Daft, but hell yeah, yeah. So this one is uh, like 
we always there's always a I'm going to say an internal battle or conversation adapt as to what type of IPA we should brew more of and when. So like, like definitely like West Hazy. Coast. Yeah. Well, so that's the thing is like hazies are like seemingly in vogue or whatever, and I, I feel like more people, more breweries brew New England style, but. West Coast is like, I mean, we're modeled after like a West Coast style brewery and we don't brew enough West Coast, but we're going to start to lean more into this style, like the West Coast, the more like, I'll say like, would you, would you say like the amber copper yeah. of color, the yeah. less hazy, more clear. And then, uh, so even, even this one was like, I'm going to say not a completely true West Coast, just based on our hops that we used because it's okay. a little bit less, a little bit less of the you know, sort of piney centennial citrus. Um, and this one has a little bit more of the sort of fruity flavor. Yeah, we added a bit of mosaic to it. Um, but uh, I'm going to say we are going to the next um, the next West Coast that we do. I think it's just the goal is going to be just to make it like a classic or yeah. classic West Coast where it's not going to be a bitter bomb, but she'll, you know, she'll have some bitterness and it'll be more so it'll be like, I need dank mm. resinous. Uh, nice. Hell yeah! Well, you, you, you talk about modeling yourself over to like, or we modeling ourselves off the West Coast brewery. Um, for a while, West Coast breweries, like when I was out there, they were making West Coast no, IPAs. Yeah, yeah. They were making hazies. They were making yeah, yeah. It was actually the new thing. Like, right. I remember like walking to breweries, like just going on like a little tour. And getting like seeing like one West Coast in this new New England style was like not new, but like new to the area. It was like all the rage. Everyone wanted to do that. Like mm. the um so. every time I speak to anybody out there, I got a couple mates. Um, it seems like everyone I speak to is dr- drinking way more Westies out there than we are out here. Mm-hmm. Like it just yeah. seems like they're much more prevalent, uh, sort of locked in part of the culture. Like obviously they have a ton of hazies, you know, obviously there's places like Superflux or whatever that are boombox, whatever that are killing it. But then it just seems like culturally the Westie is, has definitely remained out there and out here it's kind of few and far between. So personally, Nate and I, uh, like you sort of mentioned before, like we are huge on this shit, like love a Westie. I feel like they're they're so few and far between that they're um they're, they're sort of more valuable almost. It's just like when you see one, you're like, yeah. yes, let's go. It's you know, so whatever we yeah, they they fly like they they like we'll make one and they just like fall off of the shelf. They just disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we're gonna like lean into a bit more partially because of what you're talking about. We're like, not only do I think we have the potential to be a very good one. Like I like this one. Um, I would just argue that this one's not like a classic West Coast. No, yeah, we never right, right. um, um, the line. Yeah, yeah, but you know that was by design. Mm-hmm. I would say, but um, I guess you got the new old hops. If I if yeah. I think of all of the let's say seven eight breweries in Kingston, I do not, I cannot, I don't think any of them are making a West Coast IPA. No, not that and, I can. Uh, and I think that all of them make a. New England or double dry hop or AZ mm. style IPA, at least one. If I'm yeah. yeah, I think another like omission there is probably the Canon, but they've got their own. They, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had, I, I think, um, fine, uh, fine, fine, ba- fine balance has one, but yeah. it's uh, they're, they're like, but, but it's a one off one that they don't do all that often. What's their West Coast called? 
Is it um uh the name of it is not coming to me. Uh let's go. Yeah, let's see if I can they do a ton of like so I was just at fine balance the other day. Do you guys see you just did a before uh, after? It's called before <laughs> after. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's ringing the bell. Um, did you guys just do a podcast with them? Uh, yeah, we just week. did one with them last week. So it was uh, uh, okay. interesting because we did the exact same thing with you guys both two years ago, which uh, we yeah, don't want to wait two years to, to rock with you guys. Uh, that it's, it's not okay. Um, yeah, so who, who was that? Did you do with uh, Andrew and Rich? With Andrew. Andrew? Just Andrew. Just Andrew. Um, this time. But. Um, yeah, it's great. You guys are all like working together. It's it's awesome. I remember last time saying the same thing. Like it seems like there isn't too many. How many breweries in Kingston did you say there were? Like you said eleven. Seven of us in Kingston. So there's us, uh, Fine Balance. There's Skeleton Park, Riverhead, Spearhead, something in the water, something in the water, and KBC, KBC, and then McKinnon is just yeah. outside of the city. So like, like seven in Kingston, eight. but McKinnon. McKinnon is essentially like we count, like, bath, but yeah, so there, there's eight of us really. Okay, um, so not a ton. And is there is it relatively cohesive? Everyone seems to like. I mean, you've mentioned other people already, so it sounds like you guys are all pretty like not even if it's not tight, just like cool. Yeah, yeah. So for the most part, yeah, like copacetic. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, So you can ask for. Yeah. yeah, no, but there's no breweries that we're like closer to than others. Not mm. to say that we have like you know bitter enemies or anything like that. Oh, of course, like, one of those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get to know um, who you yeah. get to know. So, so <laughs> Fine Balance, they opened like within the same year as us, and so I would have met Andrew um, like before they opened, and we kind of went through the same growing pains because you know we we're both like doing our own thing during COVID, like like yeah. opening our doors, pandemic babies. Out. Yep. And then, yeah. um, and then we've done a couple of collabs with them. And uh, like I was just there this week. I was there this week, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tuesday, to pick up some hops because we needed some mosaic hops, and they had some extra. So I tried some of their beers. Like I just had their, I drank their ice box the other day. How was um, that? I want really. It was good. good. Yeah, 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 it was really yeah. good actually. Like, like, I, I shared it with my. I shared, yeah, yeah I shared with my my. Uh, I poured four glasses uh, for me, my dad. Law and my wife, and I think uh, just you know, my father in law and dad, they're not big drinkers to begin with, but mm. I think the 11.5% was, you know, I, I, it ended it's up back lot. in mind. We finished yeah. it up. Uh, I, I thought it was really good. I thought it was a cool story, too, like the and how they um, made it uh, out of the barrel. Cool story. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're good buddies with them, and then uh, so Addy. Uh, the other, one of the other brewers, like Rich's counterpart, she has been with Colin from Riverhead for four oh, or five years, oh, wow, something yeah. like that. Um, so we're good pals with them as well. Um, yeah, but like, I, it's a good brewery scene to be in, Kingston scene. Like, I think there's not too much stepping on toes, and everyone more or less gets along, so it's good. That's great. No, that's it's great. Particularly with only eight that. breweries. Yeah, with only eight yeah. breweries, I guess you sort of like it's probably easier to be cool with everybody. Um, but it's one of those things where you just, you know who you know, you get to know if you guys opened in the middle of the pandemic together, it's probably more likely you'd be, you know, a little closer yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah, that's, uh, is, is there any, do you guys foresee it growing bigger than that? Like can Kingston 
handle uh, many mobiles? No, so the thing with Kingston is like uh, we're we're still like a smallish town, so it's like uh, you know let's say one hundred fifty thousand people roughly, and I know that there are some cities that you would go to that are like, like let's say um, a city like Portland, where my state like they've got you know, so many breweries per capita, capital. and and, and you can't mm-hmm. like minor cities. You can't go into Portland anywhere and get like a Kane or Coors Light. Just like like or be you know a lot of them are heavily into supporting local. Um, and not to say that Kingston doesn't have its places that support local, but from a like standpoint of uh, outdoor like every backdoor sales, um, like I know we we've basically banged on every single door in Kingston yeah. for sales, and like there's. Let's say about half of the places maybe have one craft brewery on yeah. tap, and the rest of them have their Molson Coors Canadian and that sort of arrangement, right? Oh, oh, I mean, even that, it's just like it's not even like necessarily craft beer. It's it's like mac or it's like micro, like under, like a yeah. street or organic or something. They're just yeah, trying yeah, that's the, the faux micro. Yeah. So um, I, I feel like we are. Uh, approaching saturation, like like I was actually going to make the comment a little earlier when we were talking about the numbers that like if there's a ninth or tenth brewery in Kingston, I feel like it it'd be hard. Maybe yeah, like you know, it's 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 hard to get on new taps too because that you know they got to boot somebody else off of an old tap, right? So like if I was, um, let's say that I was looking to start a craft brewery right now as opposed to when we were looking years ago. Um, honestly, I don't even know if I would. I don't know if Kingston would be the thought that I would choose to do something. Yeah, I, I feel like right now there's, at least in Kingston, like it's, especially the downtown scene, it seems like there's a bit of um, it's, it, taps are a little stagnant or, um, or bars are when it comes to their selection. Mm. So they're happy with what they've got and nothing's really going to change. The only, the only one that like you see is KBC and that's because they have 13 or 16 guest tasks. So, so when, we say, when, we say, when we say the KBC, uh, we mean Kingston Brewing Company. Yes. Yeah. You guys familiar with them? No, actually. No, personally. I think they've got a designation of being on No, I'm, I'm, but, but, but I've never been. They're the, they're, they're, I believe Ontario's oldest brew pub and they are the second oldest brew pub in Canada after Spinnaker. Mm. So okay. it's a cool spot. Like they're, um, they've got a beer in the LCBO, but they're they're not necessarily known for their own internal beers. Yeah. Um, though they make them, and I enjoy yeah, them, but, them, but they they but. they have uh, easily the best guest tap list in the city. So if I'm going it's out for a pint, if, like it's one of the places where if I've got people visiting from out of town, then they are one of the places that would be like the must stop places. Gotcha. Uh, like yeah. Yeah, Do they have, just have, are the guest apps Kingston breweries or are they guest apps from anywhere in Ontario? All over Ontario. Yeah, All so over. it's not just Kingston breweries. Like, I think they support most like little breweries in Kingston. Um, and they probably cycle through a bunch of them, but like they'll have, um, you know, a lot of the big ticket popular breweries in Kingston or sorry, in, in Ontario. And then often some that I, you know, maybe wouldn't heard of yeah. or new scene or whatever. Like, so Braden, who does. I believe it's the Braden who does a lot of their ordering. Just he's got a good eye and a good, good taste and good relationship guy, and he just brings in good stuff. Like I'm, 
always excited to see what they have. Okay, it's it's always a good time there. And like even like I think um I I know for a fact like they've they've been brought beers from outside of the province. Like they had Hillstead there for a while, like just in bottles, like for you to buy. They're the pricey. Yeah. Yeah, and then um we were, and, there, we were there. So Greg's oh yeah. Greg's wife's family's got like a place in Vermont. Harmstead, the journey yeah. or whatever the trek. Oh, it's a uh, it's an ordeal, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Had like a, a dri- like a keg of driftwood beer from uh, from BC, a like fat tug or something. Yeah, I think it was fat tug. I okay. yeah, I know it was fat tug. Yeah, that's flagship IPA. Killer Westy. Okay, so they yeah. do bring in some cheeky stuff from elsewhere, and uh, it's it's up. very rare. And since uh, COVID started, um, I don't think we. I think they still have like their fancy bottles that they purchase and stuff. But when it comes to uh, kegs, like things on tap, I haven't seen anything since COVID. But I think that's just how it is for a lot of places, right? When we were building Daft, one of our partners. They just consistently cleared them out of their jelly kings. Like they have a couple in the top of the fridge, and that's fair. Completely understand. You got interesting. So I I never heard of that place. I've been to Kingston a bunch of times. I never. It, uh... it, to me, and like I think a lot of like craft beer fans in the area, especially brewers, it is like the it's the place to go. It is a I've said it before. It's like an institution, at least mm-hmm. in Kingston. Like, doesn't matter who you are. Like you, you go there for some reason. If it's not the beer, it's the history. There's a freaking plaque outside about Sir John A. Macdonald pissing in the alleyway. Yes, sir. It was <laughs> or some shit like that. But it was like, like, and and if you just go in there, it is just such a good feeling. It's like it's like the perfect mix of like kitschy pub, cozy, like. And also, like you feel like you almost feel like you're walking to the bar from Cheers. Like yeah, someone's gonna yeah. shout your name. Hey, yeah. I remember what the fuck the guy's name was? I forget. I haven't seen Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I, I highly recommend it. Like it's the place. Besides Daft, maybe go to Daft first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, of course. And, yeah. 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 Thank question. Pints at Daft, and they get so a few more cheeky pints at KBC. The case of okay. I found them online. I see what you're talking about. So they got a bunch of their own stuff, and then they've got like just guests from mm-hmm. from a bunch. Okay, there seems to be a bunch of local stuff right here, like PEC stuff. It's it's a very cool story too. Like they, it's like I said, it's like one of the oldest like, pubs in Canada. Second, I think. Um, but their pump beer, they still have their cascales, yeah. like their pumps. But like, they, for the longest time, were owned by like an older couple. And, well, they weren't old when they started it, but <laughs> they soon became. Yeah. <laughs> and after a while, they wanted to sell it. They sold it to the employee. So it's, it's an employee-owned uh, business. So Braden's right. I think um, Braden's the, not the head brewer. He's not the head brewer anymore. He's just no. the, he's like, he's like one of the owners, but he's the head. I think he's the curator of their menu. Oh, okay. Managers, anyways, but. Well, Brian, like, he's like, he's, he, they, well, they all took charge and they just turned into this fantastic place that, like, if you love craft beer, you're going to enjoy your time there. Yeah. So, Ryan, maybe we talked about this last time, but Ryan, um, like, our, uh, whatever his title is, brewery manager, yeah. operation, 
whatever. That, uh, so that he, guy. Yeah. So he, he worked at Brew Pub. They had like an extract system and they got a, um, like a classic, like a smaller, I think it's a one barrel um, all grain system. So Ryan worked with them to get that set up and do recipe development. And that was what he was currently doing, like as and before he started with that. Okay. So he was with them. Okay. That's dope. So it's like there's there's some real serious. I just found the website and it did say there's Canada, like uh, Ontario's oldest brew pub, uh, 1986. So it's mm-hmm. um, you know there's there's some history within the the city as well with a bunch of stuff. But at the at the moment, like there's a lot for people to discover, but probably maybe not room for for much more at this particular point. Maybe unless craft beer gets more popular. Yeah, but, but say that's uh, a, you say that, but you, who knows, right? Like, um, yeah, like, you know, if, if someone else pops up, then you know we'd welcome like them with open arms, mm. and uh, and then we would see like it's it's more just be I think that it, it would just be hoping that that some of the legacy uh, places in town that don't offer craft beer on their menu would you know shift gears anyway, but. I think that that trend is that happening. That would be great to see. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a matter of like convincing these sort of maybe more uh, older school kind of like places to yeah. start to, you know, maybe oh, I get they probably got contracts yeah. though, right? Like if you're going to have the big guys, they got contracts and they might not be able to break them yeah. so easy. That's one of the challenges, yeah. right? Also, yeah. just like the, the, the customer base, you've got places like Portsmouth Tavern, which is old as hell. It's like I think like going on seventy years old that place, and it it's it's got its crowd, and they are all Molson drinkers, Labatt, like whatever any kind of mac macro you can think of, like they want that. So it's very. Yeah. I think like I think the places I mentioned where it's like their craft is like most pure organic. Yeah. The only reason they have it is to please some people and because they get a good premium price from Molson. Of course. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to break. But, uh, yeah. You, um, sorry, go I was going to say, do you guys do, okay. So aside from that, and I completely understand the situation, it's a, uh, you know, he said smaller town limited, you know, you, availability of of taps and uh there's only so much you can do have you guys dabbled much aside from the lcbo which we talked about have you guys dabbled much into like the independent bottle shop kind of route as far as like just throughout the province like whether it's toronto ottawa here anywhere else has that been Uh, a little little bit but not too heavily so we um there would have been a point where we would have banged on doors with our bottles and what consistent feedback we got was beer is great, but we don't want these bottles. Like we just, you know, can't store them. Right. Like, so it was a logistics thing. And then, um, and then since then, I feel like our focus, like we've almost based on cost of getting to places because, you know, for us to sell something in Toronto versus for us to sell something in Kingston, just, it's more of a pain in the ass. It costs us more. So we've kind of taken a back burner from like attempting to focus too heavily in Toronto, mm-hmm. but we are uh, currently, I'm going to say maybe it was three weeks ago that I sent Damien to Ottawa to start banging on doors. So I think we're going to try and make a push in the Ottawa area to, to nice. make our face and our presence a little bit more known. And I That's think great. that, uh, so like, 
we have acquired a, you know, I'll say our reputation for beer more than anything is, uh, even though you guys don't have one, is uh, for our sour beers. And I think that we'll really take, like, we'll start to take off the board Ottawa um, come spring, summertime. We can bust out some sours. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll see how some of those, uh, we've been chumming the waters and we'll see who bites. Mm-hmm. So I've like spoken with Dave in a follow up as to how that's been going. But um, I think, uh, so we're going to try to focus more on the Ottawa market. Because King- Kingston doesn't really have any like, one bottle shop, and it's actually Kingston Brewing Company who yeah. just opened it. Like, is it open again now? No, last time I checked, it was closed. That was a few days. So. Yeah, so they were going through like licensing shit. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, I, like, you know more than I would, but um, Ottawa, all I can think of is like Town and Citizen, and then. Uh, like the Cheshire Cat, Elm Carp are like the only like two places, like bottle shops I can think of. So, yeah, the other, uh, like, and the other main one would be Dominion City's Corner Store. Mm. Okay, perfect. That's a, but that's like near yeah. Orleans, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Which isn't on, like it, it. It's in uh, like it's in like Gloucester, like kind of on the way to Orleans, kind of thing. Uh, yeah. So I, th- I think that for us, like a. Um, I think it was just a lack of us trying to get into those places. Yeah. And so we're kind of, we've kind of hit a point now where it's like, okay, we have the resources to throw at these, uh, like getting the mm-hmm. beers to these places and actually like saying, Hey, hello, here's our beer. Try it. Um, so, you know, we're putting more of a focus into that now. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, I feel like, like I could tell all the places in Ottawa. <laughs> That's great, man. And I guess it's like Otto was probably not too far from Kingston. Well, like three hours ish, four. Probably oh, more like, like two, yeah, even like hour and a half. Scenic, yeah, just another two. Okay, yeah. That's, so that makes probably more sense than even going to Toronto for you guys. Um, and I wonder if there's anything like Cornwall or any other place, or Brockville or any places like that that have bottle shops that might be uh, on the way. As far as nothing in Brockville, though, I'm sure they'd love one. Um, but yeah, Cornwall. I think I, I think the second we like hit the Ottawa market, Cornwall is a good beeline. It's like not too way far. We're already in Ottawa, but mm-hmm. yeah. okay, interesting. There's a lot of potential anyway. I think for you guys for that, just because it's um, it, it's uh, I, I don't know. I like them. That's where I I shop personally at, like locally at a at an independent bottle shop. I just feel like that's where I would prefer to spend my money. They go out of their way to curate a really cool lineup of beers, and I want that to continue. And I feel like there's probably a bunch of craft beer people that uh, I feel like that's almost like preaching to the choir uh, angle, which is fine. And then there's other ways yeah. to go through the LCBO to go. You know, like you said, you guys are going to jump in with something different uh, next year, and that'll um, switch up the game there, which is a whole different crowd. So it's more just like hedging your bets and trying to like you know attack as many as you can, which is dope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a so one thing that we're trying to do in the brewery is we're trying to have because we do like a, we have historically done a, a ton of one-off beers that are like we're gonna make it or we're gonna never make it again. So mm-hmm. um, locally, um, sometimes that works for us because like there's places in town that would have let's say a daft sour tap. So 
it's going to be a dash sour, but it's going to change all the time and they can manage it, whatever. Um, for us to bang on a door and be like, Hey, here's a handful of beers. Um, no, you can't have any of these because they're not going to be available. Like, you know, you can maybe get one keg and that's never going to be around again. Mm. Um, it's kind of just a bit of a harder sell, I think anyways, like, so unless they know and trust our reputation and they know that they're going to be banking on like that, we're going to put a good product. Um, this is a bit of a harder sell to try and have somebody try something and tell them, Hey, this, you know, it's not going to be available ongoing or even potentially now sort of thing. So we're trying to do a bit more mainstays and regularly occurring things so we can actually sell a product that we have. And, and I know that like as a business owner, like we bring in best other things like cider or kombucha or whatever. And, um, a lot of places establish a menu that they set for a season. So they might have a fall menu and it just doesn't change. They're going to print it. That's what we're going to have and whatever. Right. So, um, so they want that changing beer or, uh, or the constant need to train their staff or update them as to what is available. So anyway, so we're going to like do a bit more mainstays and, uh, see how that goes. I like that. Um, nice. I love that. It's a, it's like a cool uh, it's a cool overall approach and just to sort of like test the waters and see what's going on. So um, I love that a lot. And uh, I feel like it's time for the next one, boys. Yeah. Unless yeah, you've yeah. already cracked it. Unless you've already. No, yeah. I'm tying it up. Though. Oh, yeah. We got that dad bod right here. Double IPA time. Here we, we are. Kind of like hit the whole, uh, the whole sort of uh, IPA happy beer realm. Gamut. I was trying to think of the word. Gavin's a good one. I like Realm. Isn't Realm a good word? Realm's good, yeah. I feel like it feels underused. Uh, Tell us about this one, fellas. It's a big boy. So this is the big boy, yep. This is one to end with. So Mm -hmm. we thought that Dad Bod would be a fitting name for it, but this is a 7.8% double IPA. Um, And she packs a punch. Like this one, I'll see how it tastes now. I'll probably only have like three sips of this. (laughs) <laughs> hey you've uh you've you've done well sir you're a soldier yeah so we're still like so we we're still navigating the split between how much to can and how much to keg mm, and right. so this one, um i can't remember why but we um decided to can more of it after the fact oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it was and then a funky can machine not funky right. that sounds like a Gross. It was just, it was acting up our first can. Oh, so you pause it? We paused it. Because yeah. we canned some of these off of eggs. Yeah. Yeah. It was just that it's like, it was like, we were trying to can it, we we're trying to dial it in, and we we're just getting so many little fills that after a point, we we're just like, we're wasting money. Let's fucking stop. Mm, yeah. Okay. yeah so I only, I only swear because it was, I remember it was a frustrating day. So this I one, uh, this one, open. this one, like flew off our tap room. Like normally, we, um, if we brew like a very high alcohol beer, then we find that that one, that those beers typically sell a lot quicker in cans than they do on tap. And this one just disappeared off the tap immediately. So like this one, interesting. We had like, mm-hmm. in cans for a lot longer, and we haven't had on tap no for a bit, but. Um, so this one I find being 7.8%, 
I feel like it's got the body, but mm. hmm. even still for me now, it doesn't have that like usually north of seven and a half, and I get that like like even the gentle approach, like a boozy, the alcohol, like you know, you can sort of taste that uh, yeah. booziness, and I don't get yeah. that in this one. Yeah, um, it's it's delightful. It's it's just like a nice balance of hops. It's kind of like uh, mutes that like boozy flavor you get with some IPAs. I, I find like at this point in the game, breweries making double IPAs, they're pretty good at like hiding that. But I think yeah. I'm really surprised, genuinely surprised that like you don't even notice it. Like if anything, like there's a small taste in the bot, like you feel in the body a little bit, but like yeah, after the yeah, when we use crown pop, why don't we use crown pop? No, any other? No, I, well, we tried it with the new cool, cool, cool. And was that the last one? Yeah, it was. That was kind of dope. Oh yeah, I, th- I, yeah. I think that I think that's the one I had in the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, like I don't think anyone. I think people were divided. I don't think anyone hated it, but I think it was like people either were like yeah, this is all right, or people were like wow, this is great. Like I know Addy loves it, and I was yeah. kind of like on the fence about it myself. Oh, yeah. like, I, I like the. Forget what was in it, but I like the cool, cool before the crowd. Right. Uh, what are the hops like, by the way? This is a it's cryo pop blend, Enigma mosaic. and mosaic. Cryo Enigma Ooh. and cryo mosaic. Okay. Um. Yeah, this is definitely um. It's definitely very different. This is cool, man, because you guys we've had four different IPAs tonight. They're all very different. It's yeah. I guess they were yeah. There's yeah, Westy, this one yeah. on that strawberry is there. Hmm. It's like yeah, um, it's it's super citrusy. It's not like for seven point eight, it's definitely like as as you were just saying, it's definitely not too intense at all. Like it's not it's not, you know, it's drinking under what it is. Seven point three too, so I'm even a little bit more impressed, you know. Yeah. Um yeah, it's just super tropical, aromatic, mango, mm-hmm. pineapple type thing, citrus. Yep, lots of pineapple. Yeah. I, I think pineapple. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Say That's the leading. Yeah. Pineapple's the, the main thing, right? Yeah. On the, yeah. On the nose. Even, even actually, Pine- pineapple, like a small touch of bow gum at the end, I find. I'm almost even though this doesn't make sense, I'm almost just now like getting a little bit of coconut, but I don't know if that's a, oh. like if that doesn't make sense for the hops that been there. Honestly, yeah. sometimes like, this comes down to like, personal palate. Like there, me, me, I've had these conversations with brewers my whole career in the industry, just being like, yeah, and I get a bit of like I don't know, like blackberry, and you're just like sort like they're black currants. I'm like, what? I I don't get that at all. I'm getting. I don't know, like coconut or bubble gum or like stone fruit. Yeah. Like different things like that. It's like, yeah. There's definitely broad strokes that everyone can agree on, but I think everyone tastes it. But something a little different. Or at least something. Definitely. And it's just cool because, like, IPAs are, uh, you know, as, as people always say, oh, OPI, all IPAs taste, excuse me, the same. And I'm like, no, like, these are like four di- completely different. Uh, mm-hmm. The different ones, which is great, because if you got these four on the board, they're like they're not alike at all, which will appeal to, no, to no, four no. completely different palettes. Which is kind of it's really what you you know what a brewery should be aiming for. 
is to do something like this. So nothing samey. You know, if you had uh, four of them that were similar to any any of the given ones, then that would be just boring, really. So this must be fun for you guys as well as sort of business owners and brewers, just really like, you know, trying something different with each different kind of like uh, approach to IPAs. So hell yeah, man. Yeah, yeah I'd say that they all taste, yeah, they yeah. taste completely different, with very different profile. And they don't like, I've been to some breweries where like, um, all of the beer, at least all the IPAs, that look the exact same or more yeah. or less very similar, or right? Sound the exact same. Yeah. yeah, which can happen. Yep. And it's uh, yeah. I mean, if it's an IPA focused brewery, yeah, that, that's somewhat typical. But yeah, it's uh, definitely optimal to, to yeah. keep as as many different varieties as you can on there. And once again, I feel like it, Kingston is probably a market where you probably wouldn't be able to get away with having all like a, a whole lineup of just IPAs that are all basically the same. It just wouldn't probably wouldn't work there would be my guess. Is that accurate? No, no, I don't think that would really work. There's a couple of things. things. The Kingston is too small to get away with certain things like, um, like uh, for us to do too many, like, like if we do like, let's say a barrel aged beer, or a super unique special release, or we haven't done much of these. We're going to, soon like a bread beer like there i feel like there is there certainly is a population of craft beer drinkers but it's not big enough to um uh have that be like a primary focus yeah. so it could be like yeah. one off that we do where it's like one of the 10 beers that we have available Mm-hmm. And it might last two or three times longer. It's a cool thing to have. And the people that do drink craft beer, uh, like, would really appreciate it. Like, we just, um, like, Tron Funkenblow yeah. was, uh, like, a phenomenal beer so that we did. But it just it just lingered on, on tap. And it was, like, I would say technically and just as a craft beer drinker lover, um, it, it was probably one of the better beers we had on tap, and it was just like an absolute beauty. And but it just sat right. What was it? It was a barrel aged, um, barrel aged sour, right? Yeah, was yeah. that the one with spruce tips? From it? No, that one did not have spruce tips, but there's two nice sours we had for a while, they were both phenomenal. One had spruce tips on, the other was on fucking blow. Yep, so right. I mean, like the, those that know what it is or those that uh tried it or appreciate it loved it and i don't think that one had many people that we like, i think we had any negative feedback from that from that beer. no it's just one of those ones where it's like it's like it just it kind of was just like sold as a sour beer nothing on top of it no fruits no like funny like oh i don't want to say gimmicks, but like yeah you know like anything crazy on top of it and so i think it kind of just like went to the face side because people were like I don't know what that's going to taste like, but I know that that mango sour is probably going to taste like, like mangoes. Yeah. Just going to pull the dice on that. Yeah. So the, 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 uh, like we're not Toronto, right? So like Toronto, I feel like if you, Toronto could have a brewery that specializes just in things that come out of a barrel or whatever, mm-hmm. and there'd be enough of a market that it would be fine. Whereas we have to very much so limit that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the only thing you could probably get away with is a logger house, and even then, that's that's only because you probably get a lot of guys who love Molson or Labatt, and they're just like, "Hey, loggers, they drink that all day, hell yeah!" But even then, I think that's cool. 
No, that makes sense. It's an interesting landscape to navigate, I guess, at all yeah. times. It's, uh, you know, you, you got to roll the dice and see which which sort of uh, decision is going to work. But um, look, man, you guys have been around, uh, what would you say, three and a half years now? Yeah, January 2020 is when we open our doors. All right, so we come up on four in uh, in a few months. Any plans for the anniversary? That's right. So usually we do like a um, we'll do like a stupid birthday thing that is relevant to the age that we are. So I think when we were two, there was, there was a picture of Ryan and I wearing diapers. Um, yeah, and then, well, we'll get there. So we'll think about what. <laughs> And we'll do as the four-year-olds do, but we usually do like a um, uh, sort of like a week-long sale, and then we'll probably do some sort of a party event, sort of celebration kind of night, and then um, and then uh, usually tie it to some sort of special release or something like that, mm-hmm. sort of be release. So we kind of do all of those things. Hell yeah, that's awesome! So January, sure. keep an eye out for that. I guess uh, by the time this comes out, what is it? In November. Okay, this will probably be like early December when this will come out. So that means it's probably like a month out. So people need to keep an eye out to your Instagram and uh, see what's going on. Make sure they get down and uh, ready to party like four year olds. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going to party pretty hard. Hey, four year olds go hard, bro. They're, they're a whole other beast. Um, My four years old. She scares me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know children like that, but I'm not surprised that they scare you because they, <laughs> they seem kind of terrifying. I respect I trick or treating this year, and there's no please. There is no even trick or treat. There was gimme candy. Gimme candy. Forcefulness. It was like gimme candy. It was like gimme candy. Like she sounded, yeah. she sounded like a like a, some kind of like bouncer at a like at a club just being like <laughs> yeah, yeah. i need to give me candy right now or the is that just, just like just like candy is that just your niece or is that everybody because i have a story that's exactly that that happened to me on the 30 as far as i know it's just my niece but now you've got me worried bro this i we're not used to this house halloween shit because we we're in an apartment for 10 years mm-hmm. so like there's only a second halloween and at the very last guy of the night and I feel like I'm weird. But I'm v- I we don't I don't have children. I don't have any relationships with children, so I don't know how to act around them. And I find that if I open the door and it's not my girlfriend, I bring my hold my cute little dog as like a makes me feel more comfortable because I don't want to be anywhere near children. Yeah, I'm terrified of the whole situation. So I hold the cute little dog, open the door, and there's this guy. I don't know how old he was. He got to be like 20 or something um, by himself, and he may have been on, on the spectrum. And then he holds out that what look, I didn't look at it. It was very quick. All these interactions last 10 seconds. And it was like a paper bag, like a LCBO kind of bag. They don't do those no more. And he's just like, candy. I was like, okay, you want chocolate or chips? Because that's what we had. And he was like, chocolate. So I got the chocolate put in there and he just looked at it and then just turned around and walked away. I was like, <laughs> I kind of just stood yeah. there for a second. I was like, wow. Like, yeah, I met. It's not a thing in Australia. So walking up to someone's house that you don't know, demanding candy, and not even saying thank you. Everyone else all night said thank you. And they were cute, mostly little girls who were in little witches, cards and all that shit, even though it was a cold night. And then this dude just said candy. Like, you guys are not exaggerating. If you saw a four-year-old, this was a grown adult. We have a costume on. 
Me, no, I don't participate in costumes anywhere at any time. I would. No, I don't even. Re- I'm so nervous when I answer the door. I don't even really remember. And I don't think so. Yeah, but his bag was full. Hey, black. It was, it was just weird because his bag was like hella full. Like he had this big ass bag of like a, and he's holding it like those long legs of yeah, his, those long twenty year old legs just like could stride from neighborhood to neighborhood. Yeah, just dominated, just elbowing six year olds. Just Man, honestly, if there's no shame to it, I'd probably trick or treat at thirty years old. Hell yeah! If all you need is a decoy four year old, just bring the, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just did just hella to you know. Split it, Joe. To be fair, when I was taking my niece, I did hold her bag for a while, and I was like, "You know, I don't even think you like coffee, Chris." That's yeah, 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 that yeah, pocket. Yeah. That was trending on Twitter. So just like, like you know, well, the, 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 like one for you, one for me. That's yeah, yeah. fair. I'm holding the bag. I should be getting the car. And you yeah. escorted her and and took care of her safety. So that's a service. She has to understand capitalism at a young age. I think you have to explain that to her. So we call dad tax. Dad tax. Yes. I've heard that. uh, Yeah. Uncle tax. I heard there's a, uh, I keep seeing these videos online about dog taxes. If you're cutting cheese, you have to give the dog the cheese. That is, that is a rule. That's that's actually just law now. Yeah, yeah, it's just how it goes. Every time we're cutting anything, the dog comes up. He's looking like, bro, you don't fucking like radishes. Like, you don't want this. But <laughs> you give it to him, and he does and spits it out. I'm like, I told you, bro, you don't want this. Yeah, That's for him to figure out. Yeah, but that's part of the process. Hey, he's 18 months old. He's had a lot of radishes. He should know by now, all right? <laughs> Relax. My, my girls are eight, six, and three, and I find it's easiest just for me to steal from the three-year-old. Just <laughs> know. Three-year-old. She keeps a tight inventory. Oh. A mental, mental note as to how, how many of, of what she has. So I, I keep away from that. Yeah. And I just, <laughs> just mess with the three-year-old. Why you can't? What are you going to do when she's eight? Uh, no, no, I'm screwed. Yeah. You just have to buy I feel like you might have to have a contract in place, like a written agreement to actually teach them about business. So, okay, this is how it works. Yeah. All right. You want to be escorted? Okay. <laughs> it's a it's a good time um boys this has been awesome we're coming up on three hours this has been wicked i feel like uh we got a real good run of all the beers we've really caught up on uh where daft is at after uh the last two years so man boys congrats on everything this is it's great man you got like just it's sick i know for better or worse with cans i do think overall better all things considered yep. and everything looks great everything's tasting great um it sounds like everything's super positive, you know. Some stuff coming to LCBO. You got four years in January. Like, excuse me, it's a bright future over there. Yeah, Love to yeah. see it. Um, let's do a quick thumb. I'm going to take a screenshot. Do you want to hold up some of the cans? Okay, we'll sure, do. sure. Let's do. Whoops. Oh yeah. <laughs> Okay, I guess we got one cool thing. We we talk about our. Uh, <laughs> I'll still hold up my camera. Hey, no, am I blocking you? <laughs> Don't block yourselves, guys. Okay, yeah, ready? show those faces. Yeah. Get it ready. Ready. There you go. Hey. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Tell us what were we gonna say. 
Oh, so we, we just opened it up this summer. We've got a, uh, a like a mobile bar thing that we can rent out like weddings and corporate events and stuff. So we've Ooh. bust that out a bunch. So we renovated an old like eighties Dutchman trailer into a six tap like mobile bar experience sort of thing. So that's awesome. Now on the road we're nice. looking in the next year that's like another cool venture that we're doing that we can basically take our liquor license and plop it down wherever and then serve wherever. That's a, how can people book that if they want to get in on that? Cause that's amazing. So you find it through our, like the Dap room website or it's called the wandering bar or Daps wandering bar. So like there's a website, Instagram, Facebook, all the normal channels. How yeah. And, book uh, that yeah. up. Yeah. So we've done a handful of like, uh, like private events throughout the city. Um, some like public events and some more private events where we've like licensed a city park and gone there and done like we did like a big like 400 person medical student we day the Cannon Brothers. yeah we take it to, take it to a handful of festivals so yeah cool trailer that's awesome that's smart man diversifying income uh, as we have been saying lately, lately like in this economy is uh the uh is is the way to go i think that's that's, mm-hmm. that's genius and gives people some sort of fun little option does it work in the in the even in the winter you're able to come out and uh no, I no. rented out for the winter. I yeah, that's where the lives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This stays, just uh, parks at your like kitchen window. Yeah, no. So it's like seasonal. The word probably like we had it out. Um, we took it to actually like a wedding uh, trade show, and it was like just cold as fuck in there. Like we were we we're dying. Um, Not so like, I would say from like spring to fall and anything in between. That's the sweet spot, and that winter yeah. she's. She's in storage. That's probably the move. That makes sense. So people just go to book ahead. And really, it's probably the smart, yeah. the smartest way to go. That's sick. See, I love that. I love that diversifying. Just uh, more opportunities to just to keep things thriving. It's great, boys. It's very, very cool. Um, where can everybody find Daft online and in real life? Well, so uh, best place is always to come to the brewery, just because we've built our brewery to be a like unique space to come and check out. And we always said, you know, if you're coming by and did like a tour of all the breweries in Kingston, then, you know, like us or hate us, but hopefully you like us, then we'll be, not be one you forget. Um, so uh, come on by to Kingston. Other than that, we're in a handful of, you know, of places yeah. in almost any place that would carry crap here in Kingston, then you can find us. Uh, we're in... LCBO, maybe 20 LCBOs, um, not too far outside of Kingston, but we switched to Cool, Cool, Cool. Hopefully that'll expand that horizon a little bit. But uh, So we've got a website. Uh, Instagram is our primary mode of communication of Which, social media. Is that at, oh, Daft Brewing Co. on Instagram. Yeah, at Daft Brewing Co. And then we have online sales too. If, if we're nowhere near you, but... Yeah, you're interested. So we'll ship to you anywhere in Ontario. You get an autograph photo of me giving you the thumbs up in the never nude shorts. And for even more money, a nude photo of Rich. Mm -hmm. OnlyFans forward slash Doc Brewinker. Yeah, yeah. We we come very close to starting a Daft OnlyFans account. (laughs) I feel like that would be. There'd be some people who would pay for that. There's enough <laughs> people out there that want to see like Damien, my, my yeah, physique. Yeah, yeah. 
I feel like it's a it's a niche market, but you know, you'd be you'd be remiss to not follow it up. The more we can profit off of Damien's nearly naked body, <laughs> the better. I'm I'm here for it, bro. I'm here for it. I feel like there's a lot of people in the community who would be all about that. So uh, OnlyFans coming. Got to recognize where there's money to be made. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> OnlyFans coming soon. Daftbrewing.com and Daftbrewing Co. on Instagram. Uh, boy, stick around uh, offline. We'll, we'll wrap it up there. But thank you both for hanging out, man. This has been really fun. Just catching up. Uh, let's not make it two years next time. Let's do this like you know, every year or something. That'd be that'd be fun. Um, uh, yeah. Love to see it. No, I appreciate you both. Uh, guys, thank you so much for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up, hit subscribe below, hit that notification, Nathaniel. Notification bell. Ding. Uh, follow us everywhere at BOS Podcast and at Nathan Does Beer. Uh, we drop the pods every Wednesday. Uh, it's usually in the morning for the audio, in the evening for the video. Check us five stars, particularly for the half nude gentleman uh, on Daft Brewing's Instagram, <laughs> Can Art, and their OnlyFans. Just five stars for nude men. I feel like everyone's here for it. And uh, we'll see you in the next one, guys. Cheers. 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 Cheers.